like Lucas isn't here. Who is this person? I'm playing the role of Lucas today. Gee, ah. Mr. Burke, I hope I do a good job. Uh, I hope so, too. <laughs> we have a special guest here because uh, Lucas is off playing in Disneyland. I think he that's was, what he said he was going. He said he was going to Disneyland, and I don't believe he won the Super Bowl, so I don't understand what's going on with that. Well, you know, he's he's feeling like a million bucks, man. When you feel like a million bucks, you, he's you youthful. Like a millionaire. Youthful. He's youthful. He's <laughs> yeah. full of hope. Yeah, we have to crush that. Remember, remember young Owen when no, Eric decided that he was a little bit older yeah. and like young he Owen said, let's do a dead. podcast every Saturday night. And young Owen was like, how dare you, sir? You're young going Owen to take away to my a, life. Young Owen that's wanted kind to of have some sort of a social at. life. Young Owen was a fool. You know, that's problems. Yeah. Uh, what's up, everybody? Not much. It is. Yeah, we're at episode 52. So goodness. Yeah. I'm looking at my uh Steve Vai guitar in the background there. I just I noticed. Just focus. Focus. <laughs> right. Ah oh, shit. Here. It's right over there. Yeah. I forgot to put it away. <laughs> I keep mine over there. Uh, you know, it's just off screen. Oh, very good. Yeah. Um, so what are we drinking? Owen's drinking some kind of beer, so let's get his out uh of the way. angry orchard hard cider. I don't know what kind of press it is. I don't know what beans they use to make it or what kind of ground. Um, oh, you're already failing, man. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I, listen, if I drink coffee at 5 o'clock, I will be awake till 3 a.m. So I, I don't know how you do it, you monster, where you're like, I sleep now, and then you do this for five minutes, and then you're yes. like, good, I have awoken. Now time to do I'm like more a re- What the I'm like a... If if I do this, it's like uh, you know, like those superchargers for your iPhone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you charges just charge it real up quick. A little bit, yeah. I've Man. seen it. You're like, you know, I'm like, all right, it's four a.m. Let's all get some rest. We're up at six a.m. Eric's already been up for two hours and he's drinking coffee. I'm like, wait, the math doesn't add up. Like, I don't. Yeah. Yep. So. It's about right. Yep. I will stick with this. You guys can okay. have the coffee. Angry Orchard. Can you drink coffee now? I can. I can oh, okay. now see yeah. what happens when Fair they enough. remove organs. You can do work. You can do other things now. So, okay. yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> what do you got, Riley? What are you drinking? I am working on that uh, that Cafe Luna stuff from Seattle that uh, okay. that was sent to me. It's delicious. Yeah. It's like a it's like a very medium medium roast sort of like full flavor not too harsh really good stuff and i and i've been uh putting it in the french press and and letting it go for like 10 minutes now like you were saying and it's it's much better you can taste the difference right yeah absolutely you don't just drink it immediately once it's done who knew no and i didn't do that before either i used to let it go like five to seven minutes Mm. but yeah i think this is better i don't know it's Something about those extra couple minutes. Who knows? You know, it allows it to to you know breathe a little. Wine people will tell you that's very important. Yeah, I'm still drinking the same thing as I was last week. Week Relevator nine to five house blend. It's a dark roast. It's delicious. Sort similar to what you're saying, Riley. Not too uh, crazy. Just yeah, coffee. You know? Really it's middle of the road. Coffee. Good flavor. Yeah. One thing I will say is that we did get. I'm going to share this picture. I hate. No, um, I don't want to see it. I know which one you're talking about. I don't want to see it. It hurts so, too much. So, so our good friend Luke is down in 
Australia. Uh, well, he lives in Australia, but he is he lives there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, up in the Northern Territory. And, yeah. Uh, I'm going to leave it for his special announcement. But the one thing that he sent us early in the morning, which uh, I was... Uh, you can almost taste mi- it. You can I taste it. I was missing it. it, so... <laughs> I was so missing it. Oh. When you get the go to the gas station and get the double the double shot black ones of the big bottles and you're like this will keep me awake for another hour and a half. So yeah. yep. I guess I'm gonna try to here. I gotta open it on the screen that I'm in. So that you're in and do all that fun stuff. So yeah, it's yeah. I, I I somehow we have to get in contact with the people who make that and tell them that they're missing an opportunity to distribute in the United States because there were people who will drink it. So oh man, this yeah. is like a United States drink all the way, man. I know, right? It's, it's uh, nothing but sugar and coffee flavored liquid. Like it's yeah, ice break. Oh God. Riley, that is like the best drink ever. Get the black no, the black bottles are extra strong. Oh. Yeah, dude, it's so, so good. Get his like we we would go to this the the uh, gas stations and be like they have black ones and we'd be like throwing them in our arms and <laughs> yeah. yeah like rushing out and drinking them it was insane. Nice. So yeah, good times. Yep. But, uh Okay, so that's what we're drinking. Um, I guess well, so we're gonna talk a little bit about eggs and incubation and some of the issues that we may have run into why we uh, have been breeding all these years since we're coming up into, I guess at this point it's starting to warm up here a little bit. I think it's, see, the problem is we have too many here, at least where we are, Owen, it's like 20, I think it was 21 degrees this morning. Yeah. And tomorrow will be 70, what? 70? 70. And then wow. it's going to, the it's, it, we're doing this bullshit. Up like sundown, sundown, sundown. And I'm like, yeah. warm up. Oh, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> like, like, I have a couple no. of animals that I need to ship out. And I'm like, any day. Nope, never mind. <laughs> nope, they're staying here still. So it's like that. But I do still have, I have some animals pulled and together. And I'm looking at about three carpet females that are coming down the pipe towards their prelay sheds. Two really? of them coastals, one of them jungles. Yep. Yep. Wow. So, okay. And everything else is up in the air. Everything else is up in the air. I'm like, like always, no fucking clue what's going on with anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Riley's adopting your way of thinking as well. (laughs) Good. He's going to have like uh, my good Padawan learner. You can have the other one. I'll take him. (laughs) Do you? Do you? Are you ready for the onslaught of what's about to happen to you? What Riley is my not you, Riley. Oh, Riley, no, he's aware. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I just take it day by day, as he should. <laughs> that's that's the way to go, man. Uh, but, I think uh, it's really yeah. cool. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Mm. No, no, that was it. Oh, okay, I was gonna say I did get this really cool carpet from uh, uh, Mr. Mac. I know a guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tiger, yeah, yeah, that was a tiger male that I rejected. He was not a keeper only because I have one that's older, (laughs) so otherwise, he would be staying. And I kept two other red tigers, so I'm like, I really want this guy to go, but nobody seems to want him, and I really want him to go close because I I want him to stay in the family in case I need him or his offspring, so um, right. 
Eric was like, we were, I went down to Eric's to drop off a bunch of birds and to pick up a bumpy ball python. And um, I'm like, here's a tiger. <laughs> like, so yeah. <laughs> you get a tiger. You get a tiger. So, so I didn't ask like, this, but I- it looks a lot like this one I got from Todd years ago. Yeah. 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 I think it's nice. What, uh, what is this from the 07 red stuff or is this from MBB red stuff? It is not from 07 red. It is from that, uh, that tiger female you gave me a while ago to a, um, Ted Thompson tiger. It's a dip. Ted Thompson tiger female to, I have a tiger male that is like, uh, he's a MBB Russian. Uh, Oh, okay. Yeah. Him. He's like a tri tiger. He's all of them mixed. So it's from him. So this is a this is a uh, every he's tiger a in the thing. <laughs> yeah, there you go. He, he's a tiger, oh, and then yeah. I didn't realize it was from the Ted Thompson tiger. Yeah, she throws some good oh. babies when you throw a good male yeah, at her. Man. Yeah, she took the year off this year because I, I brought her like three years in a row, and I wanted to give her yeah. a pause. But I sort of got she's ovulating, and I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> and no, I'm I'm giving you a break. Please stop. Like I tried to give my. Um, I tried to give my uh, uh, snow corn snake the year off, and she ended up laying like a clutch. To- like, had never seen the male. She ended up doing that. And I'm like, cool, thank you. Like, stop. And then she actually laid another clutch a couple months later, so she doubled. And that's right. not what I needed, so. Okay. Yep. Did you guys get any cool reptiles this week? Riley? Yes. Geckos? How's the geckos are doing? Yeah. They're good. Two of them are growing real fast. One of them's a little bit smaller than the other two, so I might have to like source out some extra tiny crickets this week. But otherwise, they're rad, man. They're fun. As soon as lights go out, you throw some tiny little crickets in there, and one of them within minutes just starts hunting crickets like a little assassin. And they definitely grow. Really? Got here, but yeah, a little seems to be growing at a slower pace but i don't i don't see anything with it so but they're freaking rad dude they're really cool yeah they're pace a different pace of life around around the place yeah man yeah for sure cool owen got a bumpy ball python i did i did (laughs) and 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 she's awesome dude like Helen. yeah I I have I'm officially now. Yeah, there she is. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, she's really cool, and she doesn't like. Yeah. She's not mean or anything, right? The, you know, I put up. I'm like, it's a bumpy ball python, and Nick was like, I think you spelled bumpy rock python wrong, and I'm like, well, he's <laughs> not wrong. Like it's close, <laughs> but she's really chill and really cool, and she ate like two mice immediately. Oh, yeah. So yeah, oh man, she's a cr- killer. So um. Yeah, I got her. I got another carpet from you, which is a head albino. And then, uh, if you'll notice, the rough scale cage stack over that area has now grown by one cage. So there's three there. Yeah, she's not in it yet. She's still over here in quarantine. But um, I did pick up the other female rough scale python. She is massive. She is the biggest goddamn roughie I have ever seen. She is bigger than I think any of Eric's carpet pythons, which is astonishing. And she, so I pulled her out and she did the threat display. And of course, me being me, I'm like, I'm going to take a picture rather than 
realizing the animal is telling me to back the fuck off. I'm like, picture time. And she just nailed me right on the arm. You can kind of see the bruise that she left All's on I my see arm. Guns. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> right there, that discoloration bruise. She nailed me. And I'm like, yes, I can feel the fish hook teeth. Okay. Like it was oh awesome. It was a hard yeah. bite. It hurt like hell, dude. But it was one of those like, well, this will be mine now. It's good. We finally found a rough scale python. It reminded me of that video of Barchek when he first got the one and it's just lighting him up the entire time oh, yeah. he's holding it. At the Australian yeah. reptile like, show. And that's, yeah, yeah. that's all she is, is just she was just trying to light me up. I'm like, oh no, I finally got what I wanted. So it's, yeah. Nice. Very cool. Yep. Okay. Yep. That's the only new additions you got? Usually you have like 10 new snakes or something. Well, I'm right? waiting for other shit. The Mandarin didn't come. I have to wait for her. Um, Riley still got the other Mandarin. Um, the the Bairds is over here too. That's about it. Oh, you said Bairds. Where's Justin? Where's Schmitty? <laughs> no, the bear, I'm sorry. The Bairds are downstairs. The Barons is over here. I don't know why I said Bairds. I, I took pictures of them today, but I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Saw that. yeah they were doing the. <clears throat> she was using the tube thing. So very cool. Very cool. Okay. Yeah, so I, I'm actually doing the on. opposite. I'm selling things. What's that like? <laughs> I've never done that. <laughs> Oh, man, yeah, it's a it's a different type of selling snakes. Um, I feel like I've ascended into like a different chapter of like like a sign of like okay, now go this way. Mm. So okay. I parted with all my holdback bows that I've been growing up for the last couple of years. I'm probably going to get rid of most of, if not all, the corn snakes and just chalk that up as a, a bad timed. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I dude, know. I mean, corn snakes, but like, if you're passionate about the corn snakes, more power to you. But I've always got the thing of like the corn snakes, they don't, they don't need a lot of my attention. They kind of are just there. And then they, well, breathe. right. And so that's the thing. They don't need a lot of attention. They, in fact, they all really hate me. Um, it's really funny. But I was thinking about it. Like, do right now invest in upgrading. Because they're all growing up. I really don't want to, like, rearrange this whole room for grow-up corn snakes right now. That's just not the Reds, Zeppelins, Justin. But um, yeah. at the rest, I'm just like, what the hell am I doing? Well, so, I mean, how much? I mean, it does come down to space, and but how much space does a corn snake really take? Well, that is the fact that they take up a lot of space. That my space is limited. Having them means compromising space for all the females that I've got and a few other things, and I just have a lot of space. So. Yeah, and I would agree. I would agree that the boas are like you know you choose. A boa versus like the uh, a rainbow versus this that's that's comparable to a carpet so i get that so yeah i've seen the light and it's funny because everyone like i told you that i'm like yeah yeah heard that i know i'll get there when i get there slower sometimes right here yeah well that <clears throat> that's the thing right you know you try things because 
again, man, it's, it's hard when you're doing any kind of, when you're exposed to any kind of people that are excited about a species, regardless of what it is, you know, mm, yeah. they, they, if you, if you get that right person talking about it, you get locked in, man. And yeah, you just look say, at my damn, I want that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just um, like, if I had more space and, and that wasn't an issue, I probably wouldn't really be thinking about it, but at the same do I really want to deal with teeny tiny hybrids amongst everything else? Do I really want to deal with like having a separate yeah. like aim of incubation? I already have two incubators that I have to run every year right now. Like I need to have a third approach of incubating other groupings of species. It's it's just too much. Um, while I you know a hobby on the side, you know, like I've already got a freaking over a hundred animals that I take care of on a daily basis for fun. Yeah. Uh, right. You know? So, and then I do it all day for 40 plus hours a week. So, yeah. Yeah. If you're not careful, man, that's a quick way to burn yourself out. You know, it is. It yeah. really is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The second thing is, the second is I have so much fun. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's never mm. not been fun. I got to the point where I feel like it's bore or anything. It's just, uh, I don't know. I, just when when put between a, a one decision or the other, uh, it's very clear for me and deliberate where my part is when it comes to that point. I'm like, well, I tried to make it fit and work, and it has nothing to do with liking them, but another type of place maybe. But for now, I'm just I feel like I'm coming back to center. The pendulum is swinging right back to center. So yeah. there you go. <laughs> yeah. My problem is, is I'm sitting here and I'm like, somebody offered me a uh, hundred flowers, um, babies when they, <laughs> that they're almost ready. They're, apparently Ooh. they're almost ready. And I'm like, no, no, <laughs> like, I can't do this. I, I, I don't have the space. I don't have the thing. And I've been there and I'm like, and I should have said no, but instead I'm like, yeah, let me know. Yeah. We'll talk about it. Cause I know what's going to happen. It's going to be like, no. No, and then they're gonna put them in my hands, and I'm gonna be like, "No, man!" And then, <laughs> and then I'm, yep. yeah, yeah, no. I think, uh, well, I think now I'm officially to all Australian pythons, obviously except for popwins, right? But and they um, count. I don't, I don't have any other species; just all Australian stuff. Olives, waters, carpets, rough scales, lomas. You still have the retic, or no? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, I do have that. I always ah, forget ah, about that. So you're yeah. still within the Australian Indo range, but you're. I don't only really there. consider that mine though. So. Oh yeah. oh yeah, it's a loner animal. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but All I get. I get. Are from Australia, and so. Yep. Mm. Even all my plants are from Australia. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, He's very thorough, Owen. But some some would say he has yes. a little bit of obsession with a certain area. A little world, bit, but I don't know what bit. that is. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> a little bit, maybe. It's possible. I just think like it's my way to. So this is how I. This might help you, Riley. This is how I balance this stuff in my head. If I if I get into North American stuff, to me, it's strictly herping, right? Like I I don't want to keep any of it but I want to see it in the wild, especially rattlesnakes. Mm. Luckily, um, you know, 
no, I have. Uh, you don't have that bug uh, to have like five rattlesnakes in your room. No, what? The, not I, at all. Not even imagine. a little bit. I don't, <laughs> don't want anything venomous. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to have to worry about going out to my snake room or, you know, like I, I saw, you know, Scott, he posted up last week where it was flooded in, in his area. And it's like he didn't go to work on the snakes because God forbid something happened. Right. Mm-hmm. It's a responsible thing to do and all that. But yeah, like, I don't know, man, I don't want to deal with that. I did a long time ago and I don't want to ever have to deal with it again. So yeah. I just I'll, I'll enjoy those things either in the field or at somebody else's collection or something. Yeah. But, and every zoo where you see the timber rattlesnake wreck in the same enclosure as the copperhead, you know, it's right. a every zoo enclosure. So, right. Right. So, yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. Before we get into that though, I wanted to give an update. Um, those tiger looking diamonds um, hatched out. Oh, oh. Did you, did you guys, well, yeah. I saw them. I know what ones you're talking about. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I definitely looked at them. Those things are sweet. That, oh my that God. Crazy, man. Oh my God. I think this is going to be insane. The head pattern is just insanity. Yeah. That yeah, right? snake's going to be nuts. And this is pure diamond, right? Well, ah. there's some speculation there, you know, but, uh, uh, the idea that diamond pythons can't be striped is kind of silly, right? Yeah, um, but yeah. I don't know if this striped is, is that really... is a little bonkers, right? Like I'm I'm expecting we've seen some striped diamonds before, or, or high percentage diamond jungles that kind of have a stripe to them. This thing looks like a coastal stripe. Like I don't see the diamond well, kind of at all. Uh where? Yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm with you, Owen. <laughs> I got nothing. I'm, I'm grasping it strong. Now, it, it could <laughs> it be totally. And is, are the colors going to develop? Totally could. I, I don't know, but that thing looks nuts. And then you have, this was another one in the clutch, which to me, this looks more like what you would see in a tiger. So for I almost like, if I want to strike diamond, I want a diamond that's striped. This looks like a tiger, like a coastal. That looks like, like a, a tiger. I yeah, I'm like, yeah. Like, I want to. If I want a striped diamond, I want a diamond that has a stripe going down its back. I don't want this. This is a coastal. However, I mean, is it, or is it one thing I will point out. One no. thing I will point out. Right, this is from Balin. Yeah, the head looks. What I've learned head. from him. Usually a tiger. Yeah. The, the, so the, what I'm showing is there's. Um, on the head pattern towards mm-hmm. the neck, the, I guess what you would call like the mask of mm-hmm. the snake, right? Yeah. Typically like carpets have like the line that goes through their eyes and it goes back to their jaw. Yeah. Well, this connects to the stripe. See? Yeah. Going down the back, all, all bailing tigers that have that stripe thing. Yeah. It stops right here. Yeah. Basically it's those... got this weird. Yeah, that 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 stripe thing on the back of its head going down a little bit would be connected to the head stamp via that little thing, but it's got a little break there, which is weird. Yeah, I mean it's it's a gorgeous so. animal. Don't get me wrong; it is a gorgeous animal. They all are really nice animals, really cool looking. It's just that when you say striped diamond, this is not what I expected to see. No, no. Which is the weird thing, and then this one probably looks more like. 
a diamond. It's it's got the, the black, weird it's got the weird break too. Yeah. Yeah. That's very weird. interesting. I don't Probably know if all- diamond go to Australia and go to Australia, figure this out and then come back and report. And then this one kind of looks like it has sort of the same that same mask. So for those who are listening, if you want to see the pictures, just send me a message and I'll That's send them. That's dark. To you. Yeah. And, uh, those are a trip. Very uh yeah. yeah, man. I'd pick them all as holdbacks for at least a year. Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think that's what it said in the thing. And it said not for sale, so please yeah. don't ask. Shut your mouth. Um, like, yeah, okay. So this is the what they said about it. This is what we got from our diamond pairing. Um, they had a high mortality rate um, with mm. six of the 18 pulling through. So only six survived, right? Out of 18. Um, so what, does that tell you maybe possibly incubation? Like issues? Well, I think Travis sort of sort of debunked that didn't he riley didn't he send us a message sort of talking yeah yeah pretty in-depth discussion about how it has to have like crazy extreme heats like very abruptly like from what is what it's normally at then all of a sudden just goes through the roof and then stays there and they didn't have anything like that all right well then i mean my thing is that we eric and i have seen high percentage diamonds before and they look like diamond pythons i mean they 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 i remember seeing some at bills that were 88 percenters you would not know if somebody you know if, if you're a layman that they were not so <clears throat> yeah yeah and and i don't i don't know for all you know they could be high percentage coastal crosses and when you mix them together you got the right combo of insanity <laughs> bob Yep. Bob Evans says he says the probed mother of those aliens. snakes That's, were probed by aliens. Let's let's leave that as, as theory really. number three. Uh, theory number one is that there's some coastal blood. Theory number two, uh, alien intervention. Um, and then yeah, but that's the thing to me though. It doesn't even look like you know. I get the whole coastal carpet thing, right? Right. And whenever I've seen a diamond and a coastal, coastal carpet produce something, right? Are we talking clearly, U.S. breedings? Because, dude, the well, coastals and the I'm diamonds go, that we have are so far removed. <clears throat> the well, no, I'm going to say that the diamond pythons that you know we have that would be crossed with a coastal carpet look like yeah. diamond pythons, and the coastal carpet looks like a coastal carpet. But when right, you right. Mix them together, you sort of get a mix of both looks, right? You get yeah. sort of like a diamond python type pattern, but with a more of a uh, southern coastal yeah. look, right? And from the ones I've seen in the wild, they seem to have the same thing. What's crazy about these things hmm. is that regardless of if they're crosses or not, whoa, whoa my hidden gene, yeah. There you go. <laughs> it's the hidden gene carpet. It's the hidden um, gene carpet. Finally, we'll an call answer. it a a blackhead hidden gene. Yeah, we'll That's call it a blackhead hidden gene. And I call it with the Walmart. Fuck with people. This is a children's python carpet. Why would you <laughs> do this? Yeah. Um, but it didn't produce anything that looked like a coastal carpet. Yeah, that is true. They're all off on their own little island. There, it's nothing. You don't have the right. like. You don't have the steps where it's like clearly this one's a coastal and okay. Right. I guess Weird. I'll do one more shout out of the week, which this is just a crazy looking one. But uh, Gary Shavina uh, posted up his reduced pattern jag 
So it was a reduced pattern diamond to a jag. Um, not sure what the jag was. I don't know if it was like a gamma. One can know. only hope like, it's a gamma. Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a gamma. Okay. It was? Yeah, it was. Uh, he had a. Holy he had a small, he did a. He did a reduced pattern diamond to a My gamma jag. God. Um, and he he had a was either a small clutch or a bunch of eggs uh, like tanked. So he only uh-huh. ended up with a couple offspring, but the variety looks that he got ones without jag and with jag, and so like variety all in one when you say reduced pattern jaguar this is not what i expect to see i expect to see a reduced patterned jaguar i should let me rephrase that better on it than fucking i mean dear god let me rephrase it better for you it's a reduced pattern diamond jag still doesn't do it like it removed the reduced pattern out of it I mean, that's the reduced pattern of the diamond. I know, but yeah. I mean, look I at the size. Of, the sides of it look like it's a freaking yeah. zebra, and then you've got these dotted patterns going down the back, and even the jag head stamp is weird. Like the whole thing well, is insane. This is a perfect I, I would example keep that. of what I'm talking about. Oh yeah! Oh, Fuck yeah. yeah! Oh yeah! You let that go, you're insane. <laughs> you sell that, you need to commit yourself. Oh my god. I don't even keep Jags, and that would be like, okay, I break that rule for that one. Yeah, yeah. me too. Oh, yeah, listen. <laughs> rules, you know? rules for that kind of shit can be broken very easily. Now we know why Riley's getting rid of his corn snakes. That's it. More <laughs> yeah, for Jaguars. I knew he's. I knew he's he seeing all these stay. cool carpets popping he out. And he's could like, oh, I gotta have them. Long. Yeah. We I do have a long list back. of needs for my <laughs> yeah. carpets to complete the set. You know what I mean? And there's a few other things on there. Karen, uh, you know, I, I had a dream the other night where I had chondros again and I woke up in the night freaked out. Dreaming. From, yeah. As you should. I, I don't know what that was about. Um, so I don't know if that's an omen for my future or what, but uh, I, think, I think I told other buddy that I would keep and breed ball pythons before I did chondros again. And I think he cried. So wow, um, yeah. <laughs> well, then I'll s- I'll send you a I'll send you a pair of ball pythons, Owen. Don't, because then I won't. Uh, then I'll just sell them. I'll, like it'll just be I'll I'll trade them for fuzzies. Like I don't. <laughs> I, don't need this. I don't need this. Don't want it. Yeah. <clears throat> so hey, so here's that, the that's question, a lot of feeders. Right? They're valuable these days, mm-hmm. man. <laughs> here's the question: When the complete carpet book, the new one, the more complete carpet book comes out. And some new morphs are sort of shown and combinations that are, uh, you know, uh, yeah, put on the scene. Uh, possibly, maybe, you know, a revamp of the subspecies, species, the complex itself, um, adding some things that maybe, you know, I don't know. Like I think of like my archer river cape yorks right are they going to be considered coastal carpets are they going to be something different are they going to be uh you know like what what's going to happen with them right um and like you know the oddball stuff like the weird you know the gamma range stuff and all these things like how is that going to play out and then how is that going to then affect the lists of us for me and you riley to complete the set i think of like yeah oh shit yeah 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 so close to completing the set 
Nick and Justin keep moving the goalposts from you guys where you can't get to it. It's just like you get closer and they're like, no, 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 no. no. Like you're not done yet. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, I've got so much to add. I haven't even, I haven't even dipped my toe into locality coastals. I'm aired rabbit hole because i'm the complete the set kind of guy and i already know how much space i don't have so hey i think you right. know a guy that's going to have a clutch of um brisbane's this year yeah so i can do it in stages you know what i mean i can do it in stages i can, I can evict some of these i can evict some of these side tracks and these things yeah. that i got distracted by and get you know get a Dude. get another inland and get a few things so Bob's yeah. got a question of, do we think that the carpet market will get a bump when the new book comes out? And I would say, yes, Probably. it will not be a massive bump because I don't think those exist anymore, <laughs> especially nah, not from a book. fun things like that. But I do think you'll get a bump where, you know, it, it, where carpet breeders will start producing some of the animals that they see or even taking the book with them because I used to take the book with me two shows and they'll show off some of the combos and cool stuff like that. And that will get some people hooked in and that will start that whole process. So I do think yeah. we'll see a small bump. I don't think it's going to be, I need to sell my entire collection of boas and retics to get nothing but a carpet by that. Like, I don't think that's going to happen, but yeah, I, I would see a little bit of a bump. Hmm. Eric. Yeah. I think, I think like any time, well, you know, what's, what's strange to me, yeah. Is that how much it seems that the carpet market has grown over the past couple of years, mm -hmm. as opposed to when it was hot and heavy with the morphs and the combos and all those yeah. things coming out. And, you know, I don't, I, I don't, it's, I don't know. Uh, you know, I would say that which there's, is, there's a steady demand for carpets. Like I, I don't really have too much of a problem selling the ones that I got. And I do have pet stores and dealers asking me for wholesale, which is not, was not normally a thing. So I would say there's a steady demand for carpet pythons. It's not, I don't got people kicking down my door. Like that tiger mail that I gave you, dude, that thing was with me since it was born. And I always had it listed and you would figure somebody would have jumped on that. Nobody did. I still think that baby carpets are a hard sell. They are. I, they are, that that baby, I think is a hard sell. Baby pythons, period, are a hard sell, which is no, why I was all pythons. <laughs> well, and and think about this: who are the people buying carpet pythons? Breeders Me. or aspiring well, breeders, right? For the right. most part, the majority, right? Yeah, there's, some yeah. people do pets, but not a lot. Yeah, yeah. See, that's where right. I think it's changing. I, I agree. That yeah, no, that's my point. That was my point exactly it's if this is junk of it's two thirds or whatever other breeders or aspiring breeders but now people that are real like this is a, a animal that does live up to this evil villainized reputation if i want something to interact with that, I, if i want something that'll display nicely in a living room uh, if i just want one or a couple things to do that if i want to breed i can do that and i think people are starting to catch on so i think right. yeah it's it's going to increase just because time more exposure with the species more people putting out podcasts and photos and talking well, about it and yeah and the, also morphs are becoming cheaper 
Yeah. So I can yeah. have an albino carpet python as a pet if I really want an albino carpet python as a pet because mm -hmm. the prices have dropped into that pet range. Yeah, Same they're under 500 bucks for pure right. albino Darwins. Like right. if you want top of the line lineage stuff from Nick, you can get it for like 500 bucks. So you can do that stuff. So that's where it yeah. kind of comes into it. Um, yeah. So I would say that there's that. Uh, it's weird because it's like I, the, 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 the new caramel down here is like the first carpet python I've added in. I, I don't think I even bought one last year. So that's nice. a new carpet. And I'm like, weird, but I've definitely gotten more snakes. So it's like, I haven't gotten yeah. carpets in a while. So yeah. Well, I think, I think for us, it's sort of like been there, done it. Right. So I think like yeah. you guys are trying to find that extra projects for you guys that sort yeah. of like, you know, gives you that, that sense of excitement, if you will, outside of, of, you know, what your bread and butter is. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and that's cool. Right. Uh, but you know, am I burking them? No, I'm not burking them. Uh, no. Do you, do you know how hard it was to not break my rule with this thing over here? Like with, like there's an adult female ready to breed rough scale Python in my house. And I have not chucked it in with my mail because she has to clear quarantine and it is killing me. It is yep. killing me. Like I want, <laughs> I want to do this. I want the babies like, but I, even if I miss this year, man, she's got a clear quarantine and it hurts, but yeah. Yep. Yeah. See, I yeah, feel I, like I, just, I got my, I got my rocks off with the, searching around mm -hmm. for the extra stuff. Now I miss focusing on my bread and butter. I miss being yeah. group. I miss that. Happens. Like I, I feel like the soul searching elsewhere that's recalibrated me and verified back to what I was doing. And I don't know. I have woken up finally, I guess. You again. always come back to center to true. Yeah. Yeah. Your, your bread and butter to your things. It's like, if something were to happen and I'd have no carpet pythons in this in my house, but a bunch of other shit, carpet pythons would find their way back in. They like come it would back. happen. Right. Yeah. So and that's just that's just how it is. It's it's like a security blanket. I feel comfortable with my Morelia. <laughs> like it's <laughs> <laughs> looking at the beauty snakes going like, I don't know what the fuck you're doing. Like, I don't want that. I want to be able to look at a carpet and be like, three weeks, eggs, got it. <laughs> like it's all neat. So yes. Yep. Yeah, it's, 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 uh, you know, I, I, poor Ian was saying earlier that there, it's a hard sell over in the UK. And, um, I guess he was saying, I think he said somewhere that, uh, people might be afraid of them or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. People are afraid of them here for the most part. And I, I which that it's, is, it's kind of crazy to me that that's, that, that still, still exists, happening. you know, Dude, but, uh, I was, I was at Hamburg. I was Hamburg. I was at Hamburg this past weekend with Jason Balin, Eric Kohler, and Balin and I were talking. And some guy and his kid walked up into onto Jason's table, and was literally telling the kid, "He's like, I don't like the kids. Like these are awesome." He goes, "I don't want those shit. They're mean. They crap all over the place. They're shit animals." And I'm like, "Wow!" And like, and the dude just keeps walking and talking about like how crappy carpets are with his kid. And Jason and I are there just watching it. Like, oh well, thank you. Come again. Like, thank you very much. Cool. So it's yeah. that's just a stigma, man. It, there's certain people that just 
That just sounds they, like a hillbilly from Pennsylvania. Probably a Pennsylvania <laughs> idiot, you know. Yeah, yeah. but oh, you know what? God. If you you want holding an adult that was chill, I don't think that, right. But that's but he's heard this, and rather than attempt to educate himself further or make up his own mind. He is right, stuck yeah. into that these things are shit and they're crappy and they're mean. And I guarantee well, yeah. you, he goes down several tables and buys himself an adult, uh, an imported retic. Like it's, you're telling me that you expect the average person in the U.S. to educate themselves on no, any given topic no, and make their own no, 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 are you no, out of your mind? no, 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 no. At one point, I would have hoped, but it's too far gone. We as a species are fucked. Yeah, I know. Yeah, there's something about uh, that that just is uh, very, very <laughs> untrue. <It's> extremely <laughs> here untrue. In the US. Oh, my God, yes. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It'll be exciting to see how the market it, has changed. I sort of really don't pay attention to it all that much anymore. If I just... I. I look at it versed, based off of like how many people contact me on a given day. And I can tell you over the past six months, God, I must get 50 messages a day. I, I do make fake accounts and contact you for about snakes, though. It's you? Yeah. You son of a bitch. That's why, that's why there's never a sale. I I'm just like, it was you when it said, Joe Snake, how much? Yeah, yeah. snake <laughs> dollar sign question mark. Yeah, that's what I do. Yeah. Uh, uh, there you go. <clears throat> I see. I see two sides of the market. I see retail, like pet store side, and I see yeah. online, oh. which as I pay attention to. And the retail stuff is, uh, it's real slow, but it's get more questions about them, but not not quite as many uh, many people ready to take the plunge in that regard. As far as like first time keepers or newbies, too often, right. Mm-hmm. Right. But then if you look online, there's a pretty solid turnover in a lot of the classified ads on places and in the carpet python sections. Like if you just check every day, you'll see it move. Um, you know, some stuff takes a while. To, to... What, uh, what's the, what's the, like the, the bread and butter of the retail? Is it like a corn snake? Is that, is that like where it's at? Corn snake, bearded dragon type of stuff? No, we had a of corn snakes we were just churning them out uh mm-hmm. sort of past and it ball pythons kind of day but uh yeah i would say the the most commonly kept snakes right now are are ball pythons hog king snakes anything you can um, put a hat on yeah well and and people are starting to get a little more comfortable with some of the the less i've sold some blood pythons randomly here and there that's a weird market in itself um yeah but you'd be surprised at what what people are keeping these days there's yeah there's more of the uh, onesie twosie type people keeping a a one-off weird like something you would not expect like i've got a i've, I've got somebody come know. got a carpet is on uh, a big junk people come and say they've got reeks of you know oh, it happens is, there's a guy oh, who's uh who's very much into I guess his you're, garter uh, thing yeah breaking up so, riley I guess I'm, gonna, I'm gonna choppy pull you and put you see yeah if that changes anything. you're chopping oh. up and all right uh, yeah, Jason, if you see me at shows, just, you know, stop me. I'm usually in my own head running around like an idiot. So, 
you know, don't scream something, throw something at me. It's fine. Jason does it all the time or Balin does it all the time. <laughs> so, yeah. But I, I mean, I, dude, you can't peg how the market's going to go and what's going to become popular because all you need is one Instagram post of a certain species of snake. And all of a sudden that thing's going to be what everybody wants. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be nuts. So, Oh, Riley, see, you were at the top with me. And yeah. no one didn't like that. So he sabotaged I I your sabotaged feed. You. And you bumped down and now he's up. Riley, I could now mentally clear. I could mm. kill you with my mind. I just don't do it. <laughs> um yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Interesting for sure to see how it uh it shakes out. But the the funny thing, I, I I missed this comment here, but um Ian said uh that people that keep them long term keepers. Uh, are even scared of them, which I don't know, man. That's just crazy. Dude, I don't know. It per, well, no, I can't. I have no room I've to speak. <laughs> well, because it's like I don't. I mean, I've had, I have some that I'm like, don't touch that one. <laughs> like, and that's other stuff. But most of my carpets are pretty chill. It's just that it's the other shit that I have. Um, I ended up buying a, a case of venomous restraint tubes because it's hard Ooh. to restrain some of this shit to or like medicine or other crap by myself so i'm like screw it tube and why not so that's a good idea i've considered getting those just to have them on hand for restraint for like medication and things if you ever need yep midwest made a makes a kit of 10 different sizes they're fantastic and i used it because i was trying to sex some olive python babies and i used the tube kit because i was the only person oh yes oh my gosh there you go Oh my god, this yes. is so much better. And of course, way like, easier. You're gonna, you're gonna tube a python, you pussy. It's like, well, god damn it, I don't have 12 hands. So yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's easier to do it that way, and the snake doesn't freaking like Freak hurt out. itself okay. flailing so around. Yeah. Better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, get it I, in a tube, lay it on the ground, put a pillowcase over it, darken yep. it out, let the animal I, chill. Yeah, way I easier. Have two snakes that right now are antibiotics because I found out my my adult blonde hognose um are I, I thought I had 2.2. Turns out I had um 3.1. So two of the adults are males and they carved each other up. Oh yeah. Like yeah. So um Melissa thought maybe we'd have to do stitches. We didn't have to do that, but they're on antibiotics. They're healing up quite nicely. There was clearly one winner, one loser. The loser is uh, he flails around and he bites and he's a hog nose. He's, you know, there is some venom stuff to talk about there. So I just put him in a tube and then right. give him a shot. So uh, you're talking about, uh, I wanted to throw this out there real quick. It's mm. like, and maybe this is well known to people. Maybe it's not. I don't know. But um, chlorhexidine, right? Yeah. Uh, so I had my yes. one zebra had a little bit of funk in its mouth, right? You know, like uh-huh. the little cheese that it would get, right? Mm-hmm. And so I cleaned it out real good or whatever. And um, the vet that sees right down the corner or whatever, I, 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 I had a picture of it when I was take, I was there for the dog and the cat or whatever. But um, I had a picture of it and I showed it to him and I said, you know, would it be okay? He says, do you have chlorhexidine? I said, mm-hmm. yeah. He said, just clean it out. He said, just clean it out for like a couple of days with chlorhexidine, see how it how it favors. And then uh, if you still have any issues, just come back to me. Mm-hmm. And I heard about this before. 
And like, it's basically the stuff that they use to clean your mouth out when you're getting, you know, when they're working on your mouth and stuff like that. Um, right. Like a dentist. Right. Anyway, dude, it was gone two days. Like I, maybe I caught it early. Uh, I'm, sh- I'm sure yeah. I probably did, but you know, just the idea that, um, and obviously I'm not saying, you know, don't go to your vet or whatever, but like, um, I, 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 I'm amazed right. that like how resilient, you know, these reptiles are and like how fast they heal. It's crazy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, topical stuff. I'd probably be fine with that. I, I have something about like the people who are like nebulized the chlorhexidine mm. so they can breathe mm. it in. Mm. I'm like, I don't want them. Like that's like, putting chemicals in their lungs. I have a thing about that. Like I don't. Yeah. So, well, I think this is like, there's a little bit. So a lot of people will use like a humidifier to nebulize. I have a full, dude, nebulizers. But are here's not the thing expensive. with nebulizer nebulizers are are not a humidifier no right there's something about that that unit i don't know exactly what it is but a nebulizer is sort of like it's made i use it for asthma and i can't like hook up my asthma (laughs) to a humidifier and breathe it in and i'm like oh i feel better now so much better nebulizer (laughs) oh yeah yeah dude nebulizers are not expensive and what the hell is he doing back there (laughs) (laughs) my male has realized that it is a female you know below him and then there's another female in the room so he's been raging the whole freaking time but um yeah i do nebulizers they're not expensive they really aren't and it works great and actually i've been reading that there's some people that when they have six snakes they actually put them they let them soak in tubs of pedialyte where they drink it and they get those kind of electrolytes and nutrients because the biggest problem is that when a snake is sick they're not eating they're not getting any kind of stuff like that so it's one of those things where it's like they lose ground as they're getting better so it, it helps is what i've heard yeah yeah i mean you're not going to when they're undergoing something like that dehydration can cause things to get worse so that sort of rehydration therapy is definitely good for them yeah. Anytime we see the thing getting a little lethargic or fatigued, I throw it in some lukewarm water with a little bit of uh, this electrolyte powder and mix it up mm-hmm. and get the animal to soak. And you'd be surprised at what a difference it makes sometimes. Well, and then it was something we were so talking wait, about. Hold on. You, you kind of broke up there for a second, but you use an electrolyte powder. Like, what, what is it? What are you, where are you getting it from? Or what is it? A, uh, is Zoomed it? actually, Zoomed makes an electrolyte light powder um it comes in like the same okay. jars as the the calcium and whatnot mm. and okay yeah it's a it's a game changer gotcha okay i mean and we've talked about it where like people are like oh it has a stuck shed might be due to hydration and shit like that too so you know there's there's different give or takes with that where you can think about what it could be for why they're having a rough shed or why they're having these difficulties could be hydration, could be nutrients, could be a bunch of things, you know? Um, it, it really just depends. So it's another bullet for the gun, man. If, if the snake is snake, now I got a, another thing I could possibly use to help it get better and along its right. way, as opposed to like, I will bump the heat up two degrees and it will get better. Right. Yeah. Never it will, right? Work for me, no, by the way. <laughs> no, it needs a doctor. <laughs> like it is. Oh. I, 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 I 
the, the number one reason Owen doesn't respond to shit on Facebook anymore is the snake sick. How fix? Go to a vet. I was thinking more along the lines of what temperature do I set it at? Like, no, take it to a vet, dude. Like, you know, it needs to go to a doctor. Like, whatever. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So let's let's uh, switch into our topic about eggs and stuff. And I'll, I'll, yes. I'll talk about two of my things that I've learned over the thing, right? Mm. So when you have a snake hatch out and it fails to shed, mm. um, have its first shed, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, I talked to Nick about this and um, here's some of the advice that he gave me. And of course it was great advice and it sort of worked right now. I will preface this by saying that you can't, that I'm talking carpet pythons and I'm not talking any other kind of python. And the one that sticks out to me in particular is short tail pythons because mm. they take forever to shed, right? So you're right. talking like months, right? Right. So yeah. it's a completely different thing, which is, which is fascinating to me all on its own. And I would want to know why that is. Like, why is it that some pythons will shed within a month other pythons, it takes, you know, longer. I'm sure that uh, I have to, like, I don't know, think about that and really try to wrap my brain around it. Or just ask Keith, Rob, or Matt, and they'll probably know. They'll know but, everything, um, yeah. So um, so I'm just talking about carpet pythons, right? So um, that if it fails to shed out in the first few weeks after hatching, it could be a result of poor yolk absorption, right? Mm-hmm. So okay. um, if which I don't know how you would prove that. I don't think you could, but that's sort of the thought that maybe squeeze that squeeze it really tight so that the yolk gets into where it needs to go. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah. Don't do that. Don't please don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Please, please don't do that. <laughs> so one of the things that uh, I had this problem with the um, albino zebra jag clutch that I had a while mm-hmm. back. I think I had it in 2018, maybe 2018. Yeah. Uh, okay. Anyway, um, so he just told me to try to feed them. Um, most of them did feed. Some of them did not. So I sort of did the old pinky head trick type of mm-hmm. thing just to get something in its system. And that triggered the shed, right? So the, yep. the I guess the idea is it stretched the abdomen and, um, you know, it usually triggered the shed. And uh, there you go. Um so that's one thing. Here's another. Uh, number two, um, when the snakes start to pip, my go-to thing now is that I take a wet paper towel and I kind of cover the eggs over top of it because I've had it. How many times? I had two times where yep. I sort of was opening the opening and looking at them, and you know, you had some that were out, some that were half out, some that had their heads sticking out. And I guess I must have startled one of them and they probably thought I was some kind of predator going to eat them. So they tried, they they took off out of the egg and then they died. So um, I just sort of put the paper towel over top of it to sort of give them some sense of cover. Uh, So there's that. And then the only other thing that I had was wet spots on eggs. Um, So there was a, there was a, there was a thread that was going around in in Facebook a while back. And I thought it was kind of interesting where you take your eggs and we've taken them from the snake and we're just putting them in the incubator and then sealing it up. Um, So one of the things that was talked about is like sort of before you seal the egg box, let those eggs come to the temperature that's in that incubator and then seal the egg box. Now I don't do any kind of like, 
well, like, plastic seal over top. Yeah, my 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 egg box is not like airtight. Like it's it, you need well, air exchange. No, but some people do do where they put the saran wrap on top of it. The press and, and seal goes down the lid. Yeah, you yeah. know, I actually send my eggs through a a, a a lamination machine so they're completely sealed, or I put them in my vacuum sealer so that they're. I thought you were going to say in there, baby. <laughs> you remember Quiznos where you would get the sandwich and it would yeah. go through like that uh, yeah, that perfect. or Domino's pizza where it yeah. go through that little cooker. I yeah. thought that's I what just you put were them right say. through the whole tunnel. They just go in, and then it takes them several months to pass through. It's a very long tunnel so, so it's just common sense science right and it's just what bob said in the thing right that cold eggs will cause condensation Durr. yep well dur. <laughs> tell me anybody that sort of leaves the lid off of their egg box well again as they my put egg it in the incubator aren't airtight and the problem is like so you don't don't I mix know, your vermiculite with cold water eggs like i I know it's the temperature of the eggs, but it doesn't take forever. Like they, they, it doesn't go like ding. It's like they don't ramp up to that temperature so quickly. Like, oh dear, oh dear. Riley, help me here. No, <laughs> silence intern. Uh, anyway, Good I had Riley. a problem with condensation on with on in the egg box. I tried to trick. It didn't happen no more. So, anyway. I have never had condensation until the eggs are close to hatching close to hatching yeah yeah when they start giving off that insane amount of heat that eggs do so i don't God. ever have condensation now i keep my egg boxes in my incubator so when a female's getting ready to lay i plug in the incubator so the egg boxes are going up to that right. temperature but then i just take the eggs from her and put them in the incubator um i don't know what these guys are doing and taking them to the fridge for a couple minutes and then put them in the incubator like it's usually just kind of a transition so i don't know jason says he puts his egg boxes in the incubator for a few days yeah ahead of time to check mm -hmm. the temps that's, so good. that's a good idea too that's yeah. smart that's, you should yeah. always check the temps of your stuff now i would say that my um thing that i've learned with egg boxes is always check your ink with incubation and eggs and that's always check your incubator to make sure the fuckers <laughs> plugged in no wonder you're not getting condensation. Yeah, it's not no heat. Yeah, <laughs> weird. Slow and steady no. wins the race. <laughs> Eighty-two days soon, soon. <laughs> like it is, uh, it, whatever. So, are you sure um, these aren't scrub pythons? I can't now, figure it out. Only been month twelve. Like it is. Yeah. Um, I would say that we we tend to overthink things like eggs and stuff like that, and, and a lot of overthink a lot of things with reptiles. And I think taking a couple steps back and removing yourself from the situation is is sometimes a lot better than getting plugged in and fucking around with everything. Um, yeah, and I would say just that. So uh, that's the first thing is always make sure your incubator is plugged in. I would say the other thing is that um, even if – because I, I used to pull apart my eggs all the time and um, I actually ruptured several eggs by – pulling them apart you can just like jam the eggs back together like push them really tight against they'll each other glue themselves and they'll glue themselves like yep. if you're, if you're separate, really yeah, yep if you're yeah. separating eggs and you accidentally tear yep. one stop push them together like jam yep. the other eggs up against it so it's all smooshed in tight and it'll glue itself back together 100 no kidding i, I'm like, I dude, did I that last year I had people who were like, you don't have to use fiberglass. You have to do all this other bullshit. No, no, no. Just 
smash it back together and run away. <laughs> Stop touching yep. it. Like it just, yep. just do it and then leave it alone. Um, yeah, okay. I would also say moving on the same thing of, you know, we meddle too much that a lot of times those nasty ass eggs are not going to mess with your entire pile. So mm-hmm. it, it, you can sit there and be like, I'm going to try to rip them apart. You're going to do more damage than good. I've taken scissors and just cut nasty eggs in half and then let the remaining shell that was left just dry up and mm-hmm. get stick to it. Yep. Somebody, a, a guy I know had, um, they were Woma eggs and one had a weak shell and was ruptured. And he actually took little patches of fiberglass uh, and, and kind of put it on there and kind of pasted it on there. And that's what he, he called it good, which I don't think you got to do that. I, I mean, I know some people have used scotch tape. I know some people have used even almost like paper mache, like they take tissues and just keep slapping them on there until it's like almost like a, a shell thing. It, if it loses a little bit of yolk, it's not going to kill the baby inside. You, you're okay. So, yeah. I've slice them. They rehydrate them because it gets all wet and pliable again. And then, like, use it like an egg band-aid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What was the stuff that um, Damien Hyde used back in the day? Remember when we had him on, I think it was the very first season of NPR where he took the... Was he it crazy like glue? These, no, he took like um, I want to say it was like new skin something. It was like a patch. Yeah, it's almost. the it's the liquid. Yeah. Um, it's the liquid uh, yeah. band aid shit, which is crazy. Tegaderm <laughs> stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Duoderm, tegaderm, something like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Use that. Um, I would also say yeah. the other thing I've learned is that it doesn't matter if it's perlite, vermiculite, moss, a sponge, or just water. Like all of these things can work. So if anybody's like, I only get the best ground, pure cut vermiculite, you're spending a ridiculous amount of money on shit you don't need. Yep. Yep. Staples. <laughs> Jesus. Staples. Uh, always an now, option. Now, Riley, you, you hmm. use hatch right, right? You swear yeah. by that stuff. Uh, yeah. I, that just that's, that's all I've been using for like eight it, crystals in it. So you don't add any water to it. Mm. right out the bag it's got enough moisture in it um the nice thing is you know obviously within limitations i i pop a couple little for my carpet eggs anyway i use six six quart um just generic like homes shoe boxes that are not airtight and they just click down and i just put one little hole on opposite sides and just you know enough for a little layer in the bottom, I throw an egg crate down and enough for the eggs to sit and not touch the lid because most of the clutches I get fit in those. Um, so, yeah, they're it's pretty easy. I mean, that stuff is like literally right out of the bag. It's good to go. But I think the, the most important thing is to actually pay attention to the temperatures of, of everything involved. You want your incubator running ahead of time so it's up to, up mm-hmm. to temp and cycling. You want the the egg boxes and the media that you're going to use up to temp and cycling beforehand so that when your eggs that are probably going to be laid in the low to mid eighties in temperature around the snake in the enclosure, that when it goes into the incubator around mid eighties, it's not a huge shock. And then you don't get any crazy temperature fluctuation that 
builds that condensation and everything. But but there's going to be temperature fluctuations if they had stayed with their mother. So sure. I don't know why we're like we can't have the temperature fluctuations from from mother to incubator. Like that takes five fucking minutes. Like this is. Oh, yeah. I don't think it's a. I don't think I've it's an issue them. of the fluctuation. I think it's the 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 issue is is what that fluctuation is going to happen when you put it in the incubator. At least that's what I was getting at earlier, right? If, if it's a dramatic create, fluctuation, you're, yeah, right, you're gonna you're gonna create condensation as opposed yeah. to where the mom in the coils she can open up and tighten up and open up and tighten up, leave it, come back, go to the water, run so, through. So you put them in, mean? like put them in, leave, come back. If there's condensation, get a paper towel. And then put it back, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, another way that I uh, I I did um, so it was this is a Buddy Buscemi check trick mm-hmm. is that he said to use a dowel rod. Yep. And you put it. You put your the back of your uh, egg box underneath uh, on top of the dowel rod, so it sort of gives it a little bit of a tilt. And yeah. you know, if you get any condensation, it'll all run down to the front, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so. and it's not a it's not a crazy dowel rod it's like a small no, thing you're, like a, it's like not, a flag <laughs> you know yeah they're not they're not at like some quarter sort of inch skateboard ramp kind of a use deal. a pencil like, <laughs> no, no, yeah. No, no, no. yeah you yeah. could use a pencil too you yeah 100 yeah yeah, yeah. Just use um, a pencil. Yep. what do you think about the size of the egg box right this is something that's never mm-hmm. really talked about and i remember i think i would i think we were at like maybe the second carpet fest and i remember yeah. howard was sort of talking about that a lot of people um don't have the right size egg box uh, because they use too small of an egg box. Mm-hmm. And then the air exchange that's inside the egg box doesn't really, you know, uh, well, doesn't do good things for the eggs. What's your thoughts? I, I think a small egg box, like, dude, I have crammed, I, like with some of the bigger clutches that I've had, I've crammed eggs into like a clutch into two boxes. And we're talking like there are eggs all across the bottom of the, like all across the, the, the plastic light diffuser from front to back. Like they're right up against each other. And they've all hatched. Fine. Um, I would say that there's definitely more condensation on the egg or on the box lid when you get close to the end of the incubation because there's so many jammed in that little area. Um, uh-huh. I would say a six, a five-quart, six-quart shoebox with a latching lid, something that clicks into place. Not We're not talking huge. Oh, that has to have, like, the clips. Uh, but something you want to click because anything that doesn't click you have the potential of the lid being askew, especially if you're breeding monitors for the first time. And then they're just loose in your incubator, which is a fun thing. Um, I would say that, but a, a five is great for a, most carpet clutches. I would say that you don't want to go overboard. I think if you have eggs coating the entire bottom, that's like your max. Don't start stacking them on top of each other. Like don't yeah. fill that thing to the brim. Um, I feel like 16 to 18 eggs, carpet eggs, is like the most you can fit in one of those boxes. Yeah. Anything really more than that, you might as well egg. rock a fifth. Of, yeah. You know. I mean, those uh, retic guys, they use multiple dudes for one clutch. Right, because retics are massive and they have like right. 100 fucking babies. But so I, I don't know. I feel like there's there's probably no hard rule about it, but you should have about as much airspace available in that egg box when the clutch is in there as yep. as the the substrate if not more i feel like I if the eggs are in there say you've got them in a in a mass and you haven't mm-hmm. taken them apart if you look at your bin i feel like there should be an even balance of air to substrate i would agree that's why i like yeah, to that's, kind of that's a good lay rule. them flat 
because I don't like having them all mounted up if I can avoid it. Some one or two that are up a little bit higher, mm. something like that, fine. Um, I don't break them Not up me. that often that much, especially if they can if they can fit in the egg box. Yeah, nicely. Perfect. I don't break them up. I, yeah, I'm with like, you. Especially if there's only like ten or something eggs. But I like, I only break that rule if I feel like there's an egg right in the middle and there's no surface area right. or something, and that baby's gonna go right through some other egg right and i'll try and open that up but yeah i'm with i've actually i've actually removed that guy and then everybody else kind of lays flat and then you kind of oh nice so um clever it's one of those things where it's you can if you have airspace above every egg you're good if you have them all mounted up it's better to separate and even if you take the clutch apart and it's uneven totally fine you know use the like i I would say the olive eggs. There was no fucking chance in hell that they were. I was going to ask that. five quart. No, no, no. Mm-mm. They're they're just too big. They're huge. Yeah. It's, so I have only had. I want to say I've only ever had twenty eggs max in the clutch of olives that I've had. Mm-hmm. It was like a. It was like fifteen, sixteen, couple slugs and stuff like that. So I think it was like twenty max, including the slugs. What they fit in? The fifteen quart. Okay. It has to be a 15 quart just because I'm surprised they fit in that with that and that big of a number. Those are big were, eggs. Well, I mean, they were 15. The, the clutch size was 20, but there were only about 16 good eggs. And then you put them in there. And of course, there are some that I'm like, eh, and they go bad and you chuck them. But, you know, you kind of get them in there. A 15 quart is great because you have a lot of airspace above the eggs, too, because they're so tall. But that takes up an entire shelf of your incubator. Like I have all these little six quarts that are stacked mm-hmm. on top of each other that have all the carpet eggs. And then there's just one shelf that's got the 15 that's got the uh, olive eggs on it. So yeah, you kind of got to do it. And as far as like mixing, I know what they're talking about with that stuff. The The formula was always 50, 50 water to substrate to mix it. Yeah. But that's, that's just the, the media, right. The media but mix. I, I eyeball it to be honest with you at this point. Yeah. It should feel like wet sand. You should be able to pick it up, squeeze it, and then it kind of sticks together clumps, whether it's vermiculite or perlite, and then you put it down. And then I like to kind of put a grate and tip the bin so that all the excess water drains out, but you still have that wet kind of sand consistency of your substrate. I found the one time I tried to actually like weigh it out on a scale and everything. Yeah, it's so fucking annoying. <laughs> Dude, I fucked it all up. I ruined yeah. it. It was like way too wet. I was like, yeah. fuck this. I'm going to stop paying attention. I have better success when I just wing it. Yeah. When I mean, you just go. Right. So, yeah. So that's how I, I that's use... how I learn in zoos. It's like, I just, I got to do it by feel. I'm going to do it. And I made it work. But once you learn that, once you get like the, the, the by feel, you can just do it. And then you're, mm-hmm. you're much better at that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. I use the, um, uh, oh, what's the name of the company? Shit. The, uh, you know, with the, yeah, the container. Yeah. I use like the pipe. How do you like those? One. You know, I, the, this is my only, to Owen's point, right? Uh, this is my only problem with them is that when I had them, I just had to make this adjustment. So when I had, I used to use Starlight containers with the clips, right? Mm-hmm. And when I switched over to those, the lid doesn't clip to seal it. It, it just sort of sits, sits on. on the yeah. top, right? And I've had, I had this clutch of tigers, and, oh, no. and I let them like. So typically, what I'll do is I used to just like you know 
I would look once they start pipping out, I, you know, I'll cover it with the paper towel and I'll put them back in and, and just let them come out on their own. Right. I come back in a couple of days and usually most of them are out. And, and then that's when I would move them to, um, uh, to, to a tub. Right. But, uh, I didn't do that. And they all got out. Oh man. Luckily they were all still in the incubator, incubator but, yeah. <laughs> you know, it just was like, Oh my God. So I knew you, I should have pulled bigger yeah. box. Right. Yeah. It's, I would say it's a little smaller than like, uh, maybe a 15 quart. It's not yeah. quite as big as like a starlight 15 quart. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, so the bigger ones use a plastic lid that's molded and fits snugly in there, but it, yeah, there's nothing to secure it. Smaller ones. It's a rubber yeah. mold and it, it's different. It's weird. Yeah. yeah, I I have one that I used for my um colubrid stuff that I actually like I filled it with perlite and stuff so I could bury the eggs because it's deeper than a lot of the other eggs. Um it worked great for me, but then last year all the rhino eggs went and they died in the eggs, so I'm like screw this. So I'm actually going to try to do something with a little bit more air circulation and stuff like that. So and uh, Yeah, we we have a hard time um at the shop with the sim containers with sailfin eggs they just really oh yeah the sailfin eggs just desiccate and dry out in those things like there could be condensation on the top of that lid put sailfin eggs in there and they just tank I other things actually, be fine but i actually poked holes in the lid of mine just because i wanted more air circulation when i had a mangrove yeah. monitor eggs in there and then the problem is that the mangroves hatched and they were like lid yeah and then yep. it was loose in my incubator so yep. Yep. yeah yeah I mean, other than that, they, they sort of make it easy to do the, um, so a couple things that I've learned over the years with using them. One, um, I used to just put water in the bottom of it, but Mm -hmm. the problem with that is like, you know, when you're taking it to the incubator, if you, for some reason you got to pull it out, you worry about the splash up or whatever. And, uh, I think what I did to compensate for that is I just, I I don't measure anything out. I just Mm -hmm. put some perlite in there um just to sort of keep that water sort of from splashing all over the place right yeah um i used to do that with uh basically what i would do i think i got this from you owen but like you know i would take like two levels of that uh light diffuser grid yep yep, yep. and i would sort of cut it to the size of it and then Mm -hmm. i would just put water and you know uh whatever substrate that i would be using with it and just again not measuring it out per se but just sort of you know feel type of thing yep. you want it wet you know and then yep. putting them on top and putting the eggs there the only thing that i noticed with that is and and again maybe i just didn't have it high enough or i had too much water but the the eggs sort of like pulled that water up mm-hmm. um and uh where i find with the sim container there's more of a space um, whereas what I was doing, it was like sort of right on that substance. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've been doing more. I, I want to start with the colubrids, actually bury the eggs a little bit in the, the, the substrate. And then also throw a bunch of moss on top. Um, and I used to do like, no matter what was, what colubrid egg was hatching, they'd all go in the same bin. So there'd be like corn snake eggs here and, you know, rhinos here. And then like king snakes in between, and stuff like that. And now I'm just going to start dividing them up and giving them all their own bins so that I can kind of spread them out. Cause I'm not sure if too much oxygen was getting sucked away and that's why the rhinos died or this, that, and the other thing. So I'm just trying to give them separate them out and see what's going on. And with colubrids, I've always just buried them and stuck them on a shelf in the snake room on like a high shelf or whatever. 
So I, I don't know. Maybe I'll try to find a different spot that's a little bit more warmer, a little bit cooler. I don't know. We'll play. See what's up. Yeah, Robert said that uh, he keeps a bin of water at the in the bottom of his incubator to keep the humidity the same in the whole incubator as mm. uh, each separate bin. In, uh, I've in so never good. actually done that, and I've thought about it, but I've never actually done it. Cool trick. You mm. can do that and take it a step further. We're doing this at the shop uh, in the bottom of one of our wine cooler incubators because some of them have that little front lip where at the bottom it's like this big. You can't fit a bin there, but like it's usable space. We put a little tub of water there and put a computer fan on top of it. So it's mm. just blowing up. And uh, we had some bearded dragon eggs brought in from a customer, popped them in there. They're really shriveled. Put yeah. that thing on top and they popped right yeah. up the next I've day. I've heard of some people putting the bin in with water and then putting a bubbler. Like you'd have yeah. it like a fish tank where it just keeps the water moving. And Yeah. Uh, I mean, incubation is, is a science. If you understand the physics behind what's happening and what needs to happen in order to incubate the eggs, specific right. to your species, of course, you can make anything an incubator. You can True. use a styrofoam yeah. box. You can use a wood box. You can use a plastic box. You can use a bucket. You can use mm -hmm. a glass aquaria. I mean, you can use anything. If you know how heating elements work, how oxygen exchange moves, how temperature and climate control works. You can incubate something in a freaking cardboard box if you wanted to. Like we're we're so yeah. lucky that we have all these glass front refrigerators that we've cannibalized or stolen and all this other crap. Yeah. Where it's like back in the day, it was like it was a cooler filled with water that you had to open up completely to look at the eggs. And God forbid you were breeding something dangerous or something like that. It would, yeah. So. What about that German guy over uh, that I, I sent you that video clip in the chat, Eric? And you're like, oh, yeah, that's the ring python guy who's got that, like, styrofoam oh, yeah, yeah, box yeah. with yeah. a lid. And he put his own little plexi window in it. And it's just literally, like, uh, some, like, PVC things, a little tray on the bottom, of like a hardboard in there, some heat, and that's it. And he's been incubating successfully ring python eggs in there for, like, 30 years. And the thing looks like it's been buried eight times in dirt, brought up, and Dude, stored in the attic for a decade. If it's not broke, yeah. don't ever try to fucking fix it. Exactly. That's, like, I've been doing my same incubator. My Coke bottle-handled um, incubator forever. I've never changed the heat tape out, and I've never changed the computer system out because nothing's broken. Mm -hmm. Like, it hasn't broken yet. Once it does, I will have to change things out, but... I keep getting success. I keep getting hatchlings every year. So I'm not going to fucking touch it because yeah. I know the second I'm like, you know what? I'm going to change the tape out. That's when everything dies. Like it's yeah. like, yeah. it doesn't No. Yeah. So. I'm with you, man. I've got a, a six foot Sobe incubator. That's been beyond overkill Sobe. for the first few years <laughs> for me to have. Yeah. It's been fun. Cause over the years I collect stickers and I've been slowly like covering so, all the, like, the, yeah, the side, stuff on yeah. the side. I have the, uh, I have the decals going down the glass. I have like yours and yeah. a couple other things. And one of these days I'll replace the little light bulb in there. Cause it came with a little switch on the front so I could turn the light on. But yeah, um, well, uh, I had a, I have a light bar in there that actually was tied cause I kept the electricity still in the incubator. So when the heat turns on, the big fan at the top turns on and it gets circulates a bunch of shit. Yeah. And that's awesome and it used to turn on the light and i'm like oh cool mm. that would be great too but of course the bulb burn out and i can't find a bulb to replace it yeah but i would love to do that but i have built several incubators over the years um yeah. me too yeah the yeah. first one being 
Um, I had a chicken incubator that like had the shelves that would rotate the eggs and I ripped those out and put wood ones in there. Uh-huh. And then I put a big, uh, I ripped the door off and put a big piece of plexiglass so I could look in. That was my first incubator. That worked fine. Worked great. Right. It was a step above the styrofoam hobivators because it still had the same heating elements, but it had right. a computer system. The second incubator, which is my current incubator, was the Coke fridge that I've built. And the way I built that is I would not recommend for anybody else building it is I took it out back and I cut the Freon lines and I ran. <laughs> and then as it drained, <laughs> as, as it drained the Freon in my backyard, um, I went back a couple hours later and ripped all the guts out of it, the compressor. I, I bled the oil lines and did all that fun stuff. And then the electricity... I hooked up, I kept alive and everything like that. And I hooked it up to a plug and then I hooked it up to um, a Ranko that I drilled through the side of this incubator to run all the probes and stuff through. Um, After that, I have built other mini fridge incubators that I've got because I had had a a small mini fridge glass front that I got from a friend of mine that I gutted and built into an incubator and sold. And then I got a wine fridge incubator that I gutted and sold. that doesn't matter. The ozone is not that. So there's a small hole in the ozone layer in, <laughs> in, 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 in Jenkintown, Pennsylvania. So if we avoid yes. that, we'll be okay. Or if you yes. go there, that's the quickest way to get a tan in it under is. 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> but, like I had, I had goggles on. I had like a ski mask. I had like oven mitts and I'm just like kink. And I ran <laughs> like it was, I, 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 fully admitted that I did not know what I was doing when I looked at the compressor and everything in the back of mine. And I was like, you know what? I'm a strong guy. I've got a dolly. I'm going to leave that shit in there and haul it up 25 stairs into my apartment. Fuck that. And I did. (laughs) And I still have it. And I think maybe the next time I move it, I'll YouTube how to cut all that crap out safely. But for now, I'm just like, whatever it's unplugged. It doesn't work. Do it. Like, you know what? Safely. What's, yeah, I uh, I just threw 12 inch heat tape up the back of mine and there's the hose for the coolant mm-hmm. out the back. So I just set everything up, ripped out the the, the stock fan right. that was in there because it had a motor the size of my fist in there that made yeah. it 100 degrees when it would turn on. Replace that with a computer fan and then just threw all the wiring back down that hose. The and, good thing uh, is, is that yeah. and, I, and I never actually fixed it is my the bottom of my incubator where I ripped out all the guts of the fridge had enough room to stack two server batteries so i had that and then my idea was to plug it into the wall so that it would constantly charge so that Mm -hmm. if i ever lost power the incubator would run off of these server batteries that could run for like several days off of this but the server batteries i had something something went wrong with them and i had to get it fixed and stuff like that but that was the plan is that no matter what happens the incubator is sound of course, this was right. back when I thought temperature mattered. You know, it's I'm like, oh god, the eggs will drop below a certain temperature for several hours until I can get power back. Fucking, I don't care. <laughs> like it right. is, they'll be, they'll be fine. <laughs> like it is, whatever. It'll just take longer. So, yep, pretty much. Clearly, I this is why I like to do maternal incubation. You know, I mean, <laughs> I don't have to deal with any of this stuff. Hmm. The only thing. The only thing I would say when it comes to that is like uh, where I failed with maternal incubation is um, the whole. Well, yeah. Well, I, well, of course. Thank God um, I'm yeah, here the, when you do that. Right. Yeah. Uh, when I failed with uh, a couple of things that uh, I would say, right. If the eggs are outside of the coil and you can't take it off, 
I don't know, try to take those eggs off if you can and then just let the mom do her thing because, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think I, I jumped the gun there and probably could have uh, maybe you, let yeah let them I mean, go. But you you could grab the eggs. I would, would never have black lots You're right. You know? I wouldn't. Thank God. <laughs> so, that project, you know, things happen that, for a reason. That project that just keeps giving, giving, and giving. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You're welcome. Bane of uh, my fucking existence. But no, it's um. I think you'll I, have I think you'll have success now that you've done maternal incubation. It's like the maternal oh, I, incubation I, I, gods. Yeah. Are going to shine down on you this year. I let one tiger keep her eggs, and then I was just like, ah. Yes, yeah. yes everything yeah. is good now. Yep. Wait, was the tiger you gave me from a maternally yeah. incubated clutch? Yeah. Oh, my God. I know. Oh, I have a one-of-a-kind animal You got here. a rogue oh, reptile maternally incubated baby. Oh, that's yeah. an Omax special. That's, that's, that's like right. a trading card. <laughs> like, oh, shit. That's like the gold series of the trading card. Like, like, oh, you my pull out God. That one, you're like, oh, yes. You seal that baby in plastic. Yeah. <laughs> What's, up? What's up, Darren? Um yeah, so uh and, and then the other thing I did was that um I had uh, a female maternally incubated this is actually my lightning line female, the one year that I bred her, and mm. um the, the clutch got too dry. Uh yeah, just dried yeah, yeah. out, which is strange. And the only thing I equated to is like maybe it was too low mm. uh, in my room. I, I don't know. I don't know what what went wrong. I don't know if it was because so like I'm thinking that it was too close to like the, the space heater sort of in the middle of my room. And I'm thinking like that dry heat sort of like, like really dried out the, that's the only thing I could grade it to. I don't know. It just seems weird that two levels above her, no problems, maternal incubation, but that level, for whatever reason, the eggs, she stayed on the eggs, but they just kind of dry. I, I would out. say the most fun was watching my, the tiger girl. Cause I come down for every morning for like AM checks and she'd be out sitting on the bin doing her thing. And then I uh -huh. come down later and she'd be in the box on the eggs. And then I come down right. later at night and she'd be out again. And then she'd maybe get a drink, maybe eat something and then go back onto the things. It was, it was, it was really fun to watch. Like it was really cool to watch. I was a nervous right. wreck the entire time. And, um, but it was just so cool. So uh, it, hopefully this year, because I don't have, I don't know. Um, um, hopefully this year I don't have that many clutches going. If if I have to do maternal incubation this year, it's because something like an olive or a Timor or a white lip has shook loose, and I will accept that, and a carpet can go maternal incubation, I swear. I'll even give her her eggs back if I took them to make room for, like, Timor eggs. I'd be like, no, no, here. Like, it's back. Like, it's like it's... So, but um, hopefully this year I won't have to, but it's something that I might do later on. Like, it, it's just something so, cool. So here's a question for you guys with, yep. you know, Riley, maybe this won't apply to you as much now as it would, say, in the shop or in the past, but Owen... Oh, with his 45 different species of snakes hey, hey, from hey, around the world. Hey, hey. 35? <laughs> 35? Okay. I don't um, really um hold on. <laughs> oh, and it's close enough where you're you're still in the hole. Yeah. 34. <laughs> right. 34. <laughs> so, so how do you have how do you have an incubator <laughs> set up to be able to because obviously and again, I'm 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 pretty dumb when it comes to this stuff. Um, do, I'm assuming rhino eggs are they kept cool? They're not in the incubator. Not in the incubator. No. Um, probably okay. room temperature for most colubrids. Any, any colubrid most is in a bin. Most colubrids are like 80s. 
yeah, 82 max. Like, I put them in a bin, and they get stuck on a shelf in the snake room. That's it. Okay. Except and for some species that need a cooler. Some species need a cooler, which is another thing that I was doing with the rhinos. Well, where maybe I, I asked actually... the question the wrong way. Do you have species that you do have to keep cooler? Yes. We got a lot of questions that I have to. I um, probably I, I see do. all your questions. Yeah, guys, we're we'll get them. back to it as we're going. But let's put it this way: I will probably do the rhinos cooler this year. Okay. Because of all the crap that I had last year, first year, mm. no problem. Two clutches, totally great. But I kind of feel like there was either they were too hot or there were too many eggs in the box at the same time, and that was too hot. So mm-hmm. I want to do that. So. Yes. What about you, Riley? Have you had any yeah, I ha- issues with that? Yeah, I had to go buy a separate incubator just to run for my Kribo eggs because they needed in the 75 to 77 degree range. Dry yeah, Marcon okay. eggs need it cooler. So yeah. that's what I'm thinking. I said rhinos. I don't know. I had rhinos on the, the brain. Rhinos, but I think that's rhinos, what I'm talking I think about. The same they're, level, they're man. cooler, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, and uh, the nice thing is a lot of colubrids, especially when you run a snake room with you know, some ambient diversity of heat from all your various species. A lot of clear, just, just pop the egg in the bin, just put it up on the, yeah. on the, on the shelf, you know, for, for most species, but yeah. Um, it's, so when you start you getting not- into 30 plus species, that's a, that's a challenge. So is this like a colubrid no, no? Um, is it, would you keep the eggs in the actual enclosure with the snake? So like, so let's say you have an egg box. Would you keep that egg box inside the cage with the, with the, the mom? Well, if it not, were, if it were a, just like a, an egg box with no entrance. Yeah. If she can't get near them, maybe, but she don't oh, give why, up. Are you afraid she might eat them? Yeah. That is a concern with a lot of species. Okay. Yeah. I mean, first okay. off, she don't give a fuck about those eggs the second they're late. Yeah. Like that is. But that's, that's a good question. I bet you you really could just literally pop them in some substrate in a bin, just put them into a corner of the cage and on the cool end and call it a day. I mean, if you put it outside, somebody would do something dumb. Yeah. Right. And you're putting it on the top. Yeah. Yeah, You're you're saying that your room is 70 degrees and let's face it. Most colubra, most snakes are kept somewhere in that range. Well, and when you do that, you're, absolutely getting fluctuation for those eggs too so there is no control of that temperature it, it's almost like a nursery thing i would think like you would have more control inside it right yeah it'd be more stable potentially unless right. you have some sort of system where you're allowing the crazy fluctuation day to night but even then probably not the end of the world i mean again it, it's almost like doing a nursery tank set up in, in a large fish tank you have like almost like a tube or something where you put the guppies in that the adults can't get to them and then they wait you wait till they grow and then you release them out into the tank so this way they have the same water same ph same temperatures and everything mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. so that's potential right. yeah, maybe. I don't know. I this exact better. this exact discussion and challenge and debate is absolutely part of my reason for the pendulum swinging back towards center for me it's right. absolutely a factor because let's just face it, the majority of us reptile people love literally pretty much any species you throw in front of us. We'll find something we can love about it, right? For the yeah. most part. Right. Yeah. Right. And in, yeah. in today's day and age, when you could literally just click on your phone and have something sent to you the next day, you're just like, cool, sweet, you know? Like, yeah, it's dangerous right. as shit. So <laughs> so having having that ability to just kind of tell yourself, look, I yeah, I would enjoy having hunter flower rats yeah i would enjoy having 
xyz whatever it is but like at the end of the day what you got to ask yourself is do would I you lucky? get rid of no. what you already have for those little side projects and if the answer is no then you already know where your heart really lies and at that point you just it's just a matter of how what you what you want to achieve with those animals and what your end game is and for me like as much as i love the the noah's ark sort of factor of my job and and everything in the past decade for me like i don't know man i i feel like i've i've had enough of the variety taste and now i want to i just want to specialize yeah a little bit so yeah i feel like for me i sort of get to do both Mm. with how at least in my brain how it works right because like i have two rooms hot and cold right one that's kept warmer one's kept cooler and that's pretty much the dividing line between Australian species, right? Some are cooler, some you keep warmer. And Northern and Southern. It, yeah. Right? <laughs> right. Yeah. So anything that I would keep cooler, I'd keep in this room. Anything that would be require warmer temperatures, I keep in that room, like the monitors and all. I'll be moving over to the warmer room uh, for sure um, at some point. But And this will be like diamonds, inlands, bread lie, probably even things like I don't know. Womas. I, you know, I, Maybe. I, you could probably keep, I mean, they're desert species. I, you know, I, I don't know. You know, I go back and forth with trying to figure out like where they would fit, but for the most part, most of the things that I'm breeding all fall into that same box, right? You can sort of keep it one extreme or the other. So um, yes. if I start messing around with all these different species of snakes and you know this ones are from africa and these ones are Mm -hmm. from indonesia and Mm -hmm. these ones are from you know china and it's like although they're awesome to your point i don't know it's not i would never get rid of carpets yeah and and the nice thing is eric you've you've kind of you've got the two zones but for carpets and that's that's something that is important to me for the future as well because i don't feel like i should add diamonds with this room being one zone sort of thing, right? You know? Right. I feel like to do them right, I need to have a separate zone. If yeah, that's right. a goal of mine, if that's important to me down the road, regardless of timeline, then I need to not overcommit in all of these other places, right? Right. So right. I I completely agree with that, and I think the problem for me personally is I've been, <laughs> I guess, dangerously creative enough to find ways <laughs> to make animals from central america south america africa australia and right. indonesia all work in one room right i don't know how and it's a small smattering of, of species and i'm sure if you were to take these individual species and prime a room for them maybe they'd thrive and do better but like at the same time i'm having success with a lot of species in the same room that don't belong in the same room and that's right. not it's not saying like you can't do it, but it's enabled my lack of focus for lack of mm. a better word. You know, it's been like, well, I can pull it off because I feel like I'm capable and maybe I am, but maybe that's, that's the problem. Maybe I'd, I'd, I'd have checked more of my own personal boxes in the Morelia world had I stayed the course better. So I feel like that's, that's some interesting thought and in, in having these types of discussions and then seeing other people's trajectories yours in particular eric has been really interesting because you went on that that i need all the species of python 32 species and at one point i was like "Ooh, yeah yeah, that would be yeah. Fun. yeah. and then i was like no 
Whoa, whoa, yeah, whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. One berm Even is... Even I did whoa, whoa, whoa. One berm <laughs> is a lot. <laughs> yeah, well, yes, I it is. I think that's the thing. I think that's the thing, right? Um, it sounds good. And Until, yeah. a lot of the people that I looked up to or even look up to have worked with all those species, right? Yeah. So, you know, when they're producing things like that, you're like, oh, man, I, I really love py- – because I do. I, pythons are, are my favorite, right? The, you know, all types of pythons. They're I love beautiful. them all. But um, I but found that – But that entire room behind you would be required for one for female one African yeah. rock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, like, I, I was silly to think that, like, somehow – I was going to make it because when you buy that little snake, you're like, ah, it's a, yeah, blah, blah, blah. It's and then they start to grow. And yeah. You're like, oh shit, I misjudged this, mm-hmm. this whole thing. Well, even uh, if you don't misjudge it, even if you know, even if you know, so there's yeah. something in our head that dissuades us from that reality in that moment where we're like, yeah, I'll figure it out. I got time or, and here's that. Nah. Yeah. Here, no, no, you the, don't, dude. Like I've been slow, I've been attempting to slow grow my false water cobras. They didn't get the message. You can't There's do that, so Owen. Much, I, you can't. No, no so you can't. Here's the other, I have to move them yep. up into new cages. The other part of that, too, is like, I, and I've said this multiple times on the show, it's like I fell victim to the whole, in order to be cool mm-hmm. or to fit in or to be somebody, I have to have X species. Like, right. you know, I think... I think like things like Bolins would fall into that category. Yeah. Right? It's like somehow if you keep a Bolins, you know, it's looked at. And I'm not saying that the Bolins people are saying this, but I'm just saying that it's looked at. It's like, oh, you have like a superior python, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. one that's hard to breed, mm-hmm. all the stuff that comes with it. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, man. I don't really have a drive per se to have that species. Now, it could right. be because. Why would I, why would I, why do I need that when I have a diamond python, which is a cold weathered python? Right. And it clicks the box for me. Like right. I don't necessarily need, need you that. you could potentially produce because, it. <laughs> well, only because I, I think I have to have it, right? As mm-hmm. opposed to keeping what I love. Like I love diamond pythons. I love them. I would not, not, never not have diamond pythons. Yeah. And I think for me, to your point, earlier riley when i when i sort of got sidetracked with the all the keeping all the species of pythons and all that i think it really really hurt my where i would be currently with poplin carpets yeah with my poison ivy project with my citrus tigers which my and you know i i say this all the time i look at somebody like martin rosemond right who said yeah, I'm not going to have all the bells and whistles. I don't need right. to complete the sets. I don't have to have all the locality coastals and this and that and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to focus on what I dig and this is what I like. And the dude nails it. He, he yeah. knocks it out of the park, right? Yeah. He's, he, as soon as you see his snakes, you're like, oh, there you go. He yeah. sort of picked up where John Battaglia, you know, stepped out. When he stepped right. out, Martin kind of took that and ran with it. And yeah. like, if you want a gamma jag, that look that's the guy you're going to go to yeah, hands down. Yeah. And, you know, I think of like uh, Eric Hernandez is another one with, with reds, reds, right? What yep. he's done over the couple of years with reds, dude, he's just like, nah, I'm not going to be bothered with all this bells and whistles and frills. And all you guys are getting caught up in all these other species. And, mm-hmm. and, and again, if that's what you want to do, that's great. Right. But realize that the, with that comes the sacrifice. 
And I think like, I mean, Owen used to make fun of me for years. I had the book where everything was mapped out for year after year, yep, after year, yep, after year, yep. after year. And as soon as I got into that, Oh, I got to have this and I got to have that. And I got to have this and I got to have that. I'm making now decisions based off of trying to get all these species rather than focus on making the projects that I have better. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking for a red, you know, it's like, oh, well, I want to buy this Moluccan scrub because that may never come across again. So I'm going to get that. Yeah. Meanwhile, you pass on something like Molly Ringwald yeah. mm -hmm. or you pass on a <clears throat> M Pen Coastal that, you know, now a lot of those snakes people are coming to me as a, like like Owen was yelling at me before. It's like, oh man, all these people are saying you got to breed this, you got to breed that, you got to breed this, you got to breed that. You got it's because those things have disappeared, right? And, and you, they're no, and you they're no longer them. in the hobby. And you have um, them. And don't make me come down there, pick you up, and visibly <laughs> shake you right. until you breed right. the the, the M pens. I'll do it. The right. thing is, there's a lot of things that lure us off, lure us off course, right? And sure. and it's and it's not a bad thing. Honestly, no. I wouldn't change my trajectory for anything because I feel like I find my personal keeping boundaries and definitions better that way. Um, oh, yeah. You yeah. learn more about yourself that way. But I think the biggest challenge, too, especially in a time right now when we're worried about legislation and importation being cut off and our rights being infringed upon and all this stuff. Now there's this added layer of like, get it before it's not available. And not to yeah. say that that's not, I don't believe it, a credible thing. Like that's not, that's a valid way of thinking. I think that's fair. I don't discredit anybody who's going to go shell out 20 grand to get rare species, not because they're, they've been dying for them, but because they're worried they're going to be unavailable from the hobby. Should something change? I don't say anything wrong with that, but there's a lot of other people that are going to do the same thing. So it's like, it's okay. Yeah. Like it's okay. I don't need that because they're not going to disappear right now if we get to that point we'll figure it out and reevaluate if that's something i need to do but like it's not not the end of the world like focus somebody else will <clears throat> you know yeah pick up the yeah. baton and and there's always there's always somebody out there to be a champion for something usually but yeah. uh yeah i mean it's hard yeah it is yeah I too many cool snakes too little time too little resources i mean that's that's everybody's story, right? It, you yeah. just replace the the noun of snakes with like geckos or whatever it is, depending on or rattlesnakes if you're nipper, or, you know. So it's just you just you just go think, through your phases and accept it. I think the thing is that I think that turns people off from the people that try stuff. I think it's very important that if you really think that you want to get into a, a species, whatever that species would be, that you sort of you know try it out. You, you yeah. buy one, you see if you like it, you see. You see if you, you know, if it fits in what you're doing and, you know, you can keep it properly and all those kind of things. But um, I think the thing that rubs people the wrong way, at least for me, is like they come out and it's like they've had these things for years and now they're going to be the glorified expert of said species. And in a month they're selling it. Yep. You know, that yeah. just drives me crazy. It's like, oh, these are the coolest things that ever existed. If you don't have these, you are nobody. Oh, my God, they're the greatest, blah, 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 blah. And you're, like, going on and on. You're posting it every day. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. And then uh, I got rid of them. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> you know? It's, yeah. It's just show some restraint with that so you don't look like a, a, like a total noob when it comes yeah. to uh, that. Yeah. You know, you could be, okay be excited. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, 100%. Yeah, but don't come off like you're now the expert that's been keeping these for years. You know, it's yeah. like 
if all of a sudden I get a, let's just say I get a short tail and I'm like sending Keith and Matt messages every day. Like, dude, check out what my short tail did. Oh my God, it's the greatest thing ever. They're going to be like, what? And then, oh, I sold this. Yeah. Oh, wait, yeah. that happened to both of us, Owen. It did. It did happen. We did do that. Oh, yeah. 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 See, that's a perfect example. Like, for whatever reason, that not species for us. just did not work in my, did it not did work. did not work for me. And they're different. I love them. They're very different. They're very different. They, yeah, you can't do the same things with them. And, and to, to the thought about the whole, the, they don't eat for the, or they don't shed for the first few months and things. They have thicker skin. Their sheds are different. It's thicker. Yeah. It's, it, it's just, their entire life stage when they shed it is a different type of like scalation it comes off a different color it's thicker it's interesting but yeah they i'm thinking like maybe maybe it's a i'd have to know more about their natural history as babies or like but i'm thinking like are they taking cover for an extended period of time they're sitting in they're sitting in like mud and dirt underground cover and leaves and things that does not dry right. out. So like right. you can sit these animals in water for the first few months as babies. They don't get scale rot. That's what Matt did. I mean, as long as it's warm because warm and wet is fine. Cold and wet is recipe for respiratory oh. infection. But Matt if it's warm and wet them to shows, cause he keeps them on water so they don't dehydrate. They dry, they out, dry out really fast. quickly. Yeah. If you put them on paper and that paper isn't humid, their skin starts to look wrinkly like it's lost moisture. That's so something they, I would do with white lips if I had babies. Yeah, so. they definitely it's it's a different uh yeah. Or moss. Like if I if I moss. was bringing white lip babies someplace, yep. dude, moss. white lips, Dominican Ridden Mountain Boas and Rainbow Boas and Rim yep. Pythons. Yep. They have bins full of moist moss and mm-hmm. they spend ninety-nine percent of their time in those things. They yep. all shed perfectly. The second I remove that, they're gonna dry out and just have terrible sheds yeah so if you're doing if you're doing paper bedding with those guys either have a system where you can get it wet and let it dry out before it builds bacteria and then get it wet again or run humid hides because some of those yeah like rainbows are a perfect example babies especially they need it humid you can see it when they start drying up their skin their scales start to like wrinkle and ripple and cave in like a dried up fingernail that fell off it's it's not a good look but that's why my multiple species stuff works because I figured out that there's one, two, three, four, like five different species that work with the humid hide yeah. and stuff like that. So yeah, it's obviously not going to work for everybody, but it works for that. Yeah. Alex has a question. Do you feed during maternal incubation? I do not. I know I some people do. I do. I think some people have had success with it. I think I the did. fear that I've always had is that, you know, but you got crap on the eggs. Well, that was I, I remember in the MP Cause, days. Cause that was she a, that did. Was a, right. No, yeah, right. She did do that, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And then it dried, and then the egg, the babies pipped out of shit-covered eggs. See, to me, <laughs> that makes absolutely no, no sense. Why you would sense. empty out the animal? Right? The, the, right. We talk about it all the time. It's like right. you want to empty out the animal because you're going to bring them down cooler, and you don't yep. you want the system to be cleaned out and be going for breeding season and then feed them while they're maternally incubating. Now I don't, there hasn't really been studies. So I'm assuming that you, that, that if it becomes, if something's available, I'm assuming 
that that if the female is hungry, she's going to take she's a gonna meal. She's going to take it. I don't think she but cares. But my thinking would be is that she would try to get that meal before she lays the eggs. Now, I could be totally I, wrong. Well, I would say she's going to try thinking. to get the meal before the, she lays the eggs because maybe that's when food is abundant. But if she doesn't get the food and then she gets on those eggs and then she's maybe coming out to go sun herself and some little critter comes bouncing around, she's like, no, I can't. It's not time. She's going to nail that fucking thing. Well, yeah, possibly. But like they don't eat like males go off food and you can't get them to eat. Right. So like I, but think, I think there the must be some knows. kind of hormone in that female to say like, no, it's not the time for that. It's time to incubate well, the egg. She laid to the me, egg. I think it's I think this is my opinion Yeah, that if people want to maternally incubate, but they want to be able to breed that female back to back. Or they, they just have this her. feeling like they're out of control. Like, I have no control of this. She's controlling this. I'm not controlling this. So let me feed it so I make sure that it's okay. Right. One of those but two scenarios in my I would say that my of... female did not lose that much weight because I fed her. Now, she's, right. normally eat, she's normally eating medium to large rats. I fed her smalls. And I fed it every once in a while. And I tried to feed her when she was off the eggs. And she right. did crap most of the time off the eggs. But she did on the eggs near the end. So they just kind of rode it out and they hatched. Fine. I would say that as an animal, she's going to know that she expelled so much energy laying those eggs and making those eggs that she needs to get stuff back in fuel for the fire. So I would want to say that she's going to be an opportunistic feeder, that she will nail and eat anything that is offered to her because she knows she needs it because of all the caloric stuff that she lost making those eggs. And I'm sitting not them. And also, with you. she's not just I, sitting there basking. She's constantly twitching. She's doing other stuff. So it's constantly. one of those. Well, you know, not she's constantly. still did not she's constantly. Doing it well, she's attempt, still, right? but she's got to take care of them. She's got to watch them. She's got to do other shit. Like she's still burning fuel. Like the males are sitting oh, no on doubt. their asses. You know, I don't know. On... What's what? What say you, Riley? <laughs> Riley doesn't have your thought in that. I have not fed during maternal incubation because my thought process is if 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 it's an animal that I'm going to have maternally incubate, she's going to be huge beforehand and have everything she needs to do beforehand. That's my thinking. And and I've seen other people feed during maternal incubation and have no ill side effects. And I've seen people do it and have inconvenient actions result like going to the bathroom on the eggs and things like that. But nothing catastrophic. But at the same time, to me, it just seems unnecessary. Yeah, they're already going for a few more weeks. What's a couple more weeks? That's they why look I like, think it's like I think it's that instinct to like again that that like I think uh, at least talking to all the people that we've talked to over the years, Owen, about maternal incubation, mm. it seems like it really comes down to a control issue, right? Is that like? You have people that have like crazy ADD and they have to control the situation. And if they can't say that the temperature right now is 89.7 degrees, I'm going to freak the frig out. Yeah. And it's going to go. It's just going to be insanity for me. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's it's down to 82. What the fuck it's do like I the do? People, oh, my God. It's like God. the people who slip the probes into the female when she's maternally incubating because you want to know right. if she's doing right. it properly. It's like, I don't know. Yeah. I think uh, I think I don't of think there's a right or wrong, but no. I think of when Ryan Dumas did MI with that jag that left the eggs at like 45 days and then curled underneath them and then they still hatched late. He fed yeah. her during that and and before she left the eggs, she took a meal, went back and wrapped and did all that. And he was just doing that out of pure curiosity. 
but I right. completely agree. I think it's, I think it's a, I think it comes out of a worry that the female isn't going to have whatever she needs to do the job after being off of food for so long already at that point, we've, we've sort of built it up to be this, and it is a stressful thing. It is a biologically oh, taxing yeah. thing. Like I'm not discrediting that at all, but like we're talking about animals that can go an extreme amount of time without food, live under harsh climates, horrible conditions, and they've had years of prime conditions before this event. Mm-hmm. They can go a couple more weeks without food, in my opinion. I, I, I don't want to introduce something in there. I don't want to potentially get a female who's in a very one-track incubation mindset to start thinking, hey, food, I'm going to go back to my old habits and, and ditch a clutch or or squeeze the clutch and bust a few eggs or who, who knows. It just, to me, it's like if a female's maternally incubating, she has one job and one job only. And my job yeah. is to make sure she is focused on that one job and that's it. Right. Until she's done. Yeah. And, and it could be to, to that point, right. It could be my wanting to control, like my thinking, like being stubborn and thinking that that's not how it works because clearly Owen has done it. Clearly yeah. other people have done it. Yes. So it does work. It's not like you right. can't do it. It really just comes down, I think, to a personal decision yeah. uh, on whether or not you want to do that or not. You know, um, I don't think it's needed. Um, but I will tell you that if you don't do that and your female is, is if you're going into breeding season and your female is not like at top condition. It's gonna. She's gonna look like death when it's done, man. It takes yeah. a lot out of. Yeah. Well, and I mean, and how many oh, times have we seen those guys, uh, like the Australian snake catchers, during the right season, finding females in folks' backyards sitting around clutches? They look like absolute hell, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But what else do you notice? They're always buried under tons of leaves or up in a tree, absolutely buried. Like if they didn't expose them, the people, you'd never find them. So then, right. then I start thinking about snake natural history and behavior and their one defense, their one weapon is their mouth. It's their teeth, right? So if a, right. If, a, if a female carpet python is wrapped around a clutch of eggs and her, her main focus for finding where to put those eggs was to find somewhere safe and secure, right? That was her goal. Okay, first find a spot that's safe and secure so I can ride this out for a couple months, right? She doesn't want to be somewhere where she can be detected. She'd rather be buried, camouflaged, hidden, right? Sure. So she doesn't want to be found. If an opportunistic meal happens to come by, that's fine. But then she has to leave her brood, go grab that animal, occupy herself and her only only means of defense, i.e. her teeth and her ability to strike, while she's in this vulnerable state of maintaining a clutch of eggs. And she then has to go tie up all her resources, defense and weapons to go eat when it's at that point, maybe not super essential. Like, right. Trust me. She's probably hungry, especially if we're talking about a wild animal who doesn't get, and you know, like ample amounts of food year round, but still they are very much in a survival mode at that point. They're not going to go take a leisurely snack if it means exposing themselves, exposing their clutch and, and opening themselves up to vulnerability. That's my thought, unless somebody can study it in the wild and observe like a hundred females on eggs in the wild that have given, you know, been given opportunities to feed or something. And we know otherwise, I just don't think a female 
who's already gone through that much and that much resource devotion is going to risk exposing herself and putting herself in such a vulnerable position for a snack when she's on the edge of commit, you know, completing her biological programming, which is reproduction. And I think too, it's, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of crazy that we would compare captive conditions to wild conditions and as far mm-hmm. as this typically yeah. i would say that most to your point riley you made me think about this as you were talking right if you're if you're a wild snake and you're going to leave those eggs to secure a meal let's say right um well here would be my first question if that female is wrapped around those eggs and something comes crawling by well if she's wrapped around those eggs how is she going to con- then unwrap that as fast enough in order to grab Mm -hmm. that prey item and wrap it to constrict it. Whereas opposed to in captivity, we're feeding frozen thawed. Right. And so if, you know, I'm correct me if I'm wrong, Owen, she's probably wrapped on the eggs. You went in, you fed her a a small, so I was feeding, I was feeding everybody else and she poked herself out of her box where she had the eggs so she had right. already uncoiled some of herself because she smelled prey in the area, and then something came by and she nailed it, and she put did two she coils constrict? around it, and ate it. Yep, she two did? coils. Okay, and we're, now, but don't forget, we're talking about an animal that has never been exposed to a life of like you're gonna die from the moment you hatch. This is not a wild animal that's right. been found in the wild with right. pre-primed generations and generations of instincts. This animal has had generations and generations of leisure at human care. Right. right. So, so, okay. it, so she, I think so I think did, you would yeah. have to say captive versus wild is obviously different. But I would honestly, given how many times I've seen those females around eggs on the, in the wild, they're in blue. They look tired. They look exhausted. They look fully committed to just being completely blended in and ignored, hoping you don't see them. They look like shit, dude. I, yeah. I don't see them grabbing a rat or a, an opossum or something like that. What are the odds a small little safe meal is going to wander past them? A harmless uh, teething doesn't have its teeth yet. Little mouse that can't stray far from mom for an hour because it'll die of desiccation. I just, I don't know. And I wonder if that small meal has enough nutrients to balance out the, the, the idea of her having to feed. You know what I mean? Like, is it going to, is it going to negate? And then I think of things like with uh, the Burmese Python study that they did where when they don't eat for a while, they're, they're basically their insides change, right? Their organs yeah, shrink. They go into a stasis. Spots, whatever. So like, are you doing something to the internal organs of that snake that may like kind of like kick it out of, yeah. you know what I mean? Like kick it yeah. out of that state. I would imagine that's a state that they're in, right? It's like probably oh, focused on at, these at, eggs. And at that point, down of, in this- yeah. At that point, a female's probably been enduring two and a half months of winter or more with no food, if not longer. It's not like somebody was like, hey, winter's coming tomorrow. Here's your last meal. Like she might not have had food for a long time before that even came. So, yeah, she's probably at a part where her gut isn't really moving. It's in in a like the the lowest operating level for her to get through this this period until warmer weather and prey availability goes up and she is no longer occupied. See, this is the kind of stuff that geeks me out. Like to me, yeah. that, that there's so much still untapped. And how does it work that we we're doing different things, but yet somehow we get 
results. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's always fascinated me like, oh, and we'll do it this way. And I do it that way. No way is right. No way is wrong. But why is he getting the equal amount of results as what I'm getting? And then you're doing something totally different. too. You know what I mean? It just, it just fascinates me. So, okay. Couldn't agree more. One couple more quick questions. Ian, do you do anything to aid humidity while maternally incubating? Nope. Um, Water bowl. Water bowl. The only thing, the only thing I did was when I I knew I was going to maternally incubate with that one jungle, I set up a nest box with moss, sprayed it down initially. But otherwise, yeah, I just put a, a massive twelve inch water bowl right next to it. She's in a four foot cage. Didn't do anything to to maintain the ambient climate in the cage differently than I had the rest of the year. So yeah, she did the rest. Right. Um. Doo, 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 doo. I'm trying to see if there's any other. Other ones, no, no, no. no. We, need Miss, we need Miss Frizzle and the Magic School Bus to go like latch themselves to a baby carpet python for three years and report back. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, so Miss Frizzle, if you are out there, the Magic School Bus is real, please. <laughs> Hi, Owen. Hi. <laughs> Hello. He's changing the future. <laughs> Okay, I guess there's uh is there any more questions? I'm I'm like I, I left the chat going so I wasn't I paying attention to it. Ones. I didn't see any other okay. ones beyond the ones you There's a lot there. of like there's a lot of good uh free flowing thought in there pertaining to our conversation ongoing, but otherwise, yeah, I think people are just kinda Yep. Discussing yeah, man, I don't know. That's the that's the kind of conversations I like. I like that. I, I know for a fact we're gonna get people contacting us saying, you know, oh, you're an idiot. This is you, why didn't you think of this? Or oh man, I never thought of it that way or whatever. And you know, I welcome yeah. that kind of kind of yeah. stuff, you know. That just means we have another <laughs> another topic for the next episode. Yeah, man. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Always um, more to talk about. Before we jump off, I'm gonna share this beautiful carpet python of the week we talk about wild carpet pythons look at this gamma range beauty look at that come on inland carpets for the win it blends in really nice with the tree like its head almost disappears yeah that's like i don't know i i I have i love love the blue on on some of the inland but wow that is like that that's it man that's it. Look at right that there. head. There's like yeah. no pattern on the head and like yeah, uh, that's freaking wild. So so let's see. The the story with this is that this was a uh they well in the post it was a Murray Darling carpet python, but in the NPR chat, Justin was saying that this is more this this range of where this is from is more along the lines of where you would find gamma range carpets, right? Um and obviously clearly you can see some of those gamma range with that red, um, you know. Uh, yeah, look at the sediment on the riverbanks back there. You yeah. can see where it gets its yeah. origins. It blends in nice. So mm-hmm. uh, I, this was removed from a roof it, it, uh, uh, of Slade smash repairs. So, again, carpet pythons all around people, right, mm-hmm. um, in Longreach. So, um, yeah, and uh, they, they, they released it up the river. And there you go, that beautiful, beautiful carpet python if you want to see it uh and you're not watching it on youtube um then uh you know send me a message and i'll send it to you you can check it out so cool uh, yeah, love beautiful. it love it love it man 
Dear God, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Correct. Yeah, so that's all I got, gents. Mm. <laughs> cool. That's a good place to end it, I guess. Sounds good to me. Yeah. So uh please subscribe to the to the YouTube channel. Um, you know, Owen and Lucas. Owen, great, great filming, by the way, my friend. Absolutely. Excellent Thank job. Thank you. Excellent I'm a little, job. I'm a little annoyed that I accidentally deleted the Mojave and the Diamondback videos, but uh, next right. time I will do better. Right. So uh, I will, I will try to be as good as you in California. Use the thingy. Use the thingy with your phone. That stabilizes everything. The gimbal. Great, right? Yep. And yeah. make sure you yeah. just put it on everything on 4K. And you're the little thing I got you. Yeah, the, the, yeah, yeah okay. the thing you sent me with, gorgeous. It was fantastic. Yeah, the I thing made a big difference. And it has a big bright light, but have the the light usually goes on top. I found it that if you put the light on the bottom, it actually shines better and it doesn't get in the Ooh, way. Yeah, and you. actually it's better lighting oh, that way. Damn. Yeah. Right. So also that light is bright as fuck. So you know when you're yeah, hurting, you just turn it on yes. and it's daylight in front of you. So that's cool. oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. So I was just walking uh, around with that. I didn't even use my headlamp at all in in Arizona. I just had, yeah, I get one of those big ones. You can literally light up the road for a hundred yeah, yards at pitch yeah. black. So uh, I do not have any uh, calendars left. Uh, no, they're all gone. They're gone. Yeah, they're, they're gone. Yeah. Um, I just got one back the other day. Just yeah. randomly, every once in a while, I get these back. Um, I think it's my post office or something. I don't know. They're a real pain in the ass. So I got to mail them back out again. You know, it's like, it's freaking March, man. <laughs> like yep. what the hell? At least they're anyway. still, uh, still out there. I saw a video about a post uh, truck taking a dive off of a bridge the other day. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. Bye um, mail. <laughs> yeah, there it goes. So, uh, in there important. Yeah. Yeah. So go check out the YouTube channel if you are listening to us on the YouTube channel as we are live every Friday, uh, or at least every Friday we try to be. Uh, sometimes we're not. But um, we got that. Now we got that video. I am working on a video. I am working on a video how to set up baby carpets. Nice. And I have two approaches. I have if you're breeding them and you want to put them in a rack and how you would set them up for success. Or... Using one of those little nano uh, yeah. exoterras and doing it that way if you want a more of a nat naturalistic type of, of approach or if you just have one snake or something like that. So I'm putting that together uh, so I can show you what I use, uh, what, what I would say that is important to have, whether you use the same type of stuff like perching or hides or, you know, whatever, whatever you're going to use, um, you know, figure out what you're going to do. Uh, I, you know, just like the whole idea of the paper towel hol holder that yep. goes from, if you're using a tub, I find that they make the good hide because the snake can sort of squish in there and they can thermoregulate throughout the tub, right? Because the tub is hot in the back, it's warm in the front or cold in the colder in the front. So that snake can hide and thermoregulate at the same time. To me, you can't get any easier than an old paper towel roll. When it's looks, when it's done, you just throw it away. So that's I got why a bucket exactly. full of them. Yep, that's yeah. why I like yeah. the uh, um, the the butcher paper tubes because that's just oh, a big yeah. that's just a big paper towel roll for big sure. snakes. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's going to be coming up soon. Uh, working on that. Uh, so uh, please go over and subscribe. We're getting closer to that thousand thousand subscribers. We keep pushing yeah. it. Uh, yeah. So uh, and then also check out the website. 
moreliapythonradio.com. If you want to get in touch with us, info at moreliapythonradio.com. You got a question, comment, whatever it would be. Uh, mm-hmm. Support USARC, usarc.org. Very important to become a member. Uh, so go sign up and become a member of them. Stay up to date with what's going on with all this legislation and everything, and uh, they'll be able to point you in the direction to sort of make sure that your voice is heard. Uh, but I think most importantly is that you just become a member uh, more so than anything. And, uh, yeah, that's all I got. Go ahead. Uh, what I got is uh, you can go to rogue-reptiles.com, rogue underscore reptiles on Instagram. Check out all the stuff we got going on there. There's very few things because we're right towards the end of it, but eggs are coming soon. So check it out. Yeah. And uh, for me, on all the socials, just Riley's Reptiles, YouTube, just under my name, Riley Jimison. Big shout out to Gary Scabino for the video we put out today. That was cool. Yes. Thanks for giving me a little little shout out there talking jungles that was fun and uh yeah got the teespring story to check out riley's reptile store and animals for sale on morph market lots coming this season so stay tuned cool very cool all right till next time see you adios amigos later no owen you have to go bye oh yeah that's right no never 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 there we go it's done (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.